sin. Explain to me what I'm not understanding. It looks like I killed her, I know that. That's how it looks. But it's not that simple, is it? I want to tell you something, and it's the most important thing you'll ever hear in your entire life. Don't talk to anybody anymore. Shut it. Turn to your left. Charms up. You don't have to talk to me. Unless you want to. You need to understand what happened here. Things just got out of hand. If I'm off, tell me how I'm off. We'll never get another chance. I told you not to talk to anybody. Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 74. Wow. And my name is Scott. I'm Jared. My name is Michael. Ooh. Are you with us? I'm here. Okay. <laughs> on today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching, uh, as well as the week in film news before a featured review of Enemy. Enemy. Frenemy. Enemy. Is it Frenemy? No, that would be horrible. That would be a very different movie. It's just movie. straight enemy. That would be an Adam Sandler Netflix <laughs> yeah. movie. Denis Villeneuve's Enemy, uh, which I think it's, there's going to be some high scores coming out of here. I, I think. have a feeling. Uh, I mean, at least from me. If teasers, I'm, <laughs> if anybody is coming in with a low score, I got some. I might change your mind. Oh, oh nice! It's gonna be a good he, discussion. He's got, he's got a lot of notes. I think. I do. Um. So subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes uh, or through the podcast software of your choice. Go on iTunes if you've got it. Leave us one of those little five-star reviews if you want. What do you want for recipes? Leave us a recipe in the comment box on iTunes. Anything, guys. Lasagna. Oh, nice. Click a five-star rating and leave us a five-star lasagna recipe. Something that's different than just the, your standard. Yeah. Yeah. Tomatoes and, and, and ground I mean, beef. We've all seen the Mexican lasagna, so I mean that's creative. <clears throat> but but give us something new. Sushi sushi lasagna? Oh snap. What? Continue, that would be the most expensive lasagna. Continue ever. twisting the the traditional favorite. Could you how how would a sushi lasagna work? I don't fellas? know. They're gonna have to tell us. <laughs> uh go to our website if you dare. It is verticalviewing.com. Yeah, don't go to our website. <laughs> no, 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 please do. Please do, because... It's, it's reverse psychology. Okay. That's your only way to get to the little donate button. And that is how we can keep the Don't lights on. Don't click that. No, please click that. You won't like what happens. They're getting conflicting messages now. Okay. Don't click it. <laughs> click it. Yeah, okay. I'm going to be the voice of reason here. <laughs> donate. It'll be great. It, re- it really would. It helps us offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, keeping the lights on. Yeah. Actually, uh, please. Yeah. And if you live outside of Canada, you probably wouldn't pay much to give us yeah, it's good. Of money. Yeah, right just good. pay in Canadian dollars, and you won't even notice mm-hmm. the effect mm-hmm. on your net worth. Yeah, like trade down from a really nice currency. Like, what would be the top? Ooh. Like the yen or something? Like, if you had a bunch of yen, you probably just are like, yeah, that, I didn't even notice. Yeah, what is now? Because there's no... The well, pound is isn't, fallen. Isn't nope. the, the pound's still up there, though, isn't it? Like, it fell, but it's still like one of the top currencies. Yeah, we'll see for how welcome long. To the, it's not well, stable anymore. Welcome to the Vertical Investing Podcast. <laughs> um, 
So you can send your thoughts and recommendations to our email address. It is verticalviewing at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at verticalviewing. Again, if you dare. I don't know. Yeah, uh, we have some good tweets. Uh, I'm going to come out and say this. I haven't brought this up with you guys yet, so you can't shut me down on it. Uh, <laughs> Where are we going with this? Vertical viewing Instagram. Okay. So I'm, I'm for it. So so that's All a right. really great idea. There was just a solid high five. <laughs> the audience could see that. It was just... It was amazing. The, I fi- the high five went super saiyan. Uh, <laughs> I'm blonde. I'm not normally blonde. <laughs> I think... We could post some cool shit on Instagram. You guys can take care of that. I'm I'm an old timer. I don't understand the difference between Twitter and Instagram. Leave it that, to us. That was the uh, this this has been tabled. Twinstagram. <laughs> so you guys can uh, handle that. Do it. Yeah, we'll do it. So coming up next week. Great call. We'll tell you. Vertical viewing Instagram. Um. So how you guys doing? Should we start the show? Let's yeah. Why it. not? Let's get her going. Oh man, I'm gonna start. What do you oh, think of that? I think you should tell us what you have been up to. Okay, so we haven't done a show in a while, technically. Technically. Behind the curtain. What? So I watched kind of a lot of shit. Whoa. I don't know where to begin, fellas. I don't know. Hmm. But I might start with The Night Of on HBO. Okay. Have you guys heard of this television program? I have. So this, I, I have not. The pilot for this show... Which is an hour and eighteen minutes. That's a long pilot. This super is super long. This is the death row thing, right? Um, the, Riz Ahmed, the guy who played Rick from Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. Do you remember his sidekick that he recruits? Poor little Rick, basically. You know, Jake oh. Gyllenhaal. You know, recruits that young dude. Yes. Uh, yes. So he he's also in Rogue One. I got a man crush on Riz Ahmed. I'll be honest with you guys. Hmm. He's your new. Oh, he's a pimp. Uh, right. Basically, he, he gets convicted of murder in this first episode. Uh, Murdering his girlfriend? No, this this girl that he meets. It's actually a really awesome setup. Um, let me paint the picture for you. So he plays a young Pakistani man, uh, Pakistani family living in New York, Queens, I believe. Um, his father's a cab driver. And late one night, he gets screwed by one of his friends who's going to drive him to this party. So he decides to take his dad's cab to drive across town to the party alone because his friend, you know, basically bailed bailed on him. So <clears throat> he's driving a cab around. And I wrote at the beginning, off-duty light equals destiny. So he, he he's driving the cab around. He gets lost, and he can't figure out how to turn off so people are trying to hail the, the cab. The off-duty light. So not only are people trying to hail a cab, when he stops to try to figure out where he is, people are getting in it. And mm. they're like giving him directions. And he's like, no, this isn't my cab. I, I'm just borrowing it. Like, you, turn off your... So that becomes an issue. And that is where we meet this young lady. Mm. Because he is literally like seconds away from turning off this off-duty light. And she hops in the cab. And she's pretty. And he never gets to meet girls. Um, and so that's basically the setup for this evening they spend together that ends in her being like stabbed to death. And we don't witness the murder, obviously. Um, Nas, the main character, he wakes up and it's already occurred and he stumbles upon her body and he gets caught sort of fleeing the scene. Now, the brilliant part of the show is that 
he gets apprehended shortly after, but for improperly driving the cab, right? Driving mm. someone else's cab, you know, his father's cab, and he's got no license and registration. He's under the influence as well from his night with this girl. So basically the cops have him in the back of this car. They drive back around to the scene of the crime where he just came, he just fled from. So we, he spends the rest of the movie not really knowing if they know that he's... The rest of the movie. Sorry, the show. It's an hour and 18 minutes. That's crazy. This right? pilot. But he spends the rest of the pilot, basically, the tension is unbelievable. And he's essentially just waiting to find out if they know, if, you know, if he's... They, they, they don't know that they've actually got the suspect. Hmm. And he's waiting at the station this entire time. And this looming investigation is happening and it's tightening in on him. So an hour and 20 minutes? This show is amazing, guys. This is the pilot that aired on June 24th, I think. And You said it's on HBO? It's an HBO program. June, July 7th, 17th or 12th or something. The, the second episode is set to air. Uh, hmm. You guys got to see this. This thing's going to be huge. What night? Okay. So is that a I'm not sure Sundays? what. It's uh, now that game of the Thrones. night of. John Turturro plays his lawyer. So that's going to be an excellent character. Um, it's it's just you're just um, it's amazing you just follow this really sloppy chain of evidence that you know is just going to come back in the rest of you know the court case and stuff um, I think the last thing I saw John Turturro in was Transformers 3 yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah it's incredible this thing is based on a UK show uh, from 2012 um, there's a scene in it where he's being frisked and it's the most intense frisking scene I've ever watched if you guys are into those yeah uh, I, I often check out frisking videos if, you, if, you, if you've seen Midnight uh, Express do you remember that movie the 1970s movie where the guy's in prison and he's for smuggling hash into Turkey no Midnight Express <laughs> no cool. but it reminds me of that like mm. just like you feel like a, you, the main character is in deep shit and your your blood is just racing. Your heart is like my heart was beating out of my chest because I felt like hmm. I am getting caught. It's this show's awesome, guys. Well, my YouTube queue is frisking videos. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can, yeah, I'll check this out. Right, it's just my watch later. You just watch cops. <laughs> yeah. Just, just watch cops rubbing people down. Yeah. Uh, no, that sounds awesome. Guys, watch the night of. Okay, yeah, the, the night of. The night of. We'll make sure to yes. add it to yes. the list. Well, you're gonna hear a lot about this show, so. I'll have to check if it's on demand right now. It probably is. It's at the library as well. Cool. Hmm. Yeah, the library has actually <laughs> a much greater like, selection. Almost than like you everything. Think of. Like they kind of have everything. So yeah. What do you guys got? <clears throat> um, I watched a film that actually I have a funny story about my watching, which is <clears throat> the 2013 Nicholas. How do you say his name? Winding Refn. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So Nicholas Winding Refn's Only God Forgives. I guess he's going by NWR now. Did you see that in the yeah, Neon like, Demon trailer? Yeah, like, so what the fuck? Funny. It's like his makes, uh, Eve Saint Laurent. Makes Terrence Malick look like fucking just a complete hack oh, in terms of pretentious shit. <laughs> but you know what? He's... I have to see Neon Demon before I can comment on that, actually. Yes. But. <clears throat> so only God forgives. Only God forgives. Uh, so the funny thing about when I watched this was 
something went wrong with my subtitles and I could see what they were saying in English in English and I could see what they were saying in Thai in Thai. So at the same time. So like so the subtitles of it being English when they're speaking Thai. Yeah, the subtitles Thai. were very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I mean? was it just closed captioning subtitles then instead of Pretty much. Okay. Um I don't know. And, and you couldn't disable these? Yeah, I, I looked I had two like I, I it, anyways. Did you call the library? <laughs> So after a while, what I realized was with our our buddy uh, NWR, uh, you don't actually really need to. He, do you remember when we saw Mad Max and uh, we yeah, talked there's about no dialogue in how, his movies. Yeah, is there? You, sometimes movies you can tell if they're good because you could watch them in another language and still know what's going on. Well, that's very much the case with Only God Forgives. You don't have to understand any of the tie that is spoken whatsoever to get that the ghost following them i believe is the name of the police officer he is scary he's pretty awesome yeah hmm. so have you watched only god for years i've not seen this um i kind of it's a lot of style in this I, movie i kind of like it it's if it, it, I, it because it has so much style like how can you not just enjoy that part of it? Just just it watching. Doesn't, it doesn't have much substance, though. It's um Ryan R- Ryan Gosling. No, very little. Ryan Gosling, uh, and then a bunch of well, and his mother. Christi- Kristen Scott Thomas is in it as well as his mother and then his brother. I don't think is anyone famous. Yeah. No. Hmm. Otherwise, okay. like it's so. I don't know how like, you can actually describe the movie without but, but, spoiling it a little bit. No, but the plot is the setup, right? Like Ryan Gosling is uh, 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 um, American, I assume. He's a and he's living for a kickboxing in, ring or something, or well, he's a fighter. He's a he's a fighter living in not Thailand. Much, not much of one. Like he's a well, no, that he's they see him fight and they're like, oh yeah, it's true. You you are a good fighter, um, but he doesn't fight much. He's actually like working for as a drug dealer, I guess. Mm. Hmm. Okay. And, uh, some stuff happens and his, some stuff his, goes sideways. His, his brother visits and gets irresponsible. Yeah. We'll say. Well, I mean, not to spoil anything. His, his brother does something despicable and is, is murdered. And it's kind of justified. <laughs> Maybe when he's murdered. I don't know. It's, it's a, However, great, it's, a weird it's about movie. getting revenge. You know, Kristen, Ryan Gosling's mother, says you're going to get revenge on your brother's death. So even though his death do was done as an act of revenge. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. It it is pretty much all style. Yeah. Hence the there's, title since none of them are forgiving. It's just the But no one talks out. as as he there's, as Brad said. There's no dialogue. So how the, can there be substance? It's, yeah, this is like the epitome of of the NWR style. Like scenes are fairly long but nobody moves everybody's perfectly stationary and then what happens is 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 interesting because then when someone does move it's very much it's it's an obvious focal point right like you're you're looking at exactly what he wants you to look at but uh at the same time it it gets tired (laughs) uh watching a bunch of people stand totally still for an entire movie yeah and very little dialogue, and when I say you don't need to understand any of the tie, I'm not. I'm not kidding. Like you don't need to understand a single word of it to get 
what's happening. The only character who does move is the ghost, is the police officer. He, He's the only one with any sort of, like... Yeah. He he gives the movie life. Yeah, there's one fight scene, too. Yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> it's, it's supposed sick. to be... It feels very Tarantino-esque, like there's some a bunch of... It's all build-up, and then... Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it just doesn't deliver? What do you Punches make... Punches that don't land. Well, the the fight scene is that doesn't deliver, but that's it's, what I mean. The the fight scene is a punch that doesn't land. It's supposed, to, yeah. Ryan Gosling like a, does not do too well. Yeah. But what do you make of the Alejandro Jodor, Jodorowsky? Like he he dedicates the movie to Jodor. Did you see that at the end? Like what? No, is that after the credits? Right at the beginning of the credits. He also dedicated Drive to him as well. I don't. Oh, really know why interesting yeah did you, he work on uh dune he was in dune refin is in dune he's the one who says the like R- nicholas winding refin is allegedly the only one who has read the the jodorowsky bible right he says at the beginning of the movie i have no, read not- it and it's amazing okay yeah oh i remember yeah 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 so they're just maybe just buddies i don't know <laughs> he anyway. totally inspired him oh 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 Oh, oh, oh. Um, so, yeah, your, 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 <laughs> fi- your final thoughts on Only God Forgives are not so good, I guess. Um, okay, I'm, I'm surprised you still want to see Neon Demon. Well, I can appreciate his style, and it's kind of weird. Like, I have these weird mixed feelings. Like, certain scenes, you're like, yeah, this looks perfect with all these, you know, dark colors, or, sorry, dark shadows, and then reds and blues, like the neons. It's like a clockwork orange, kind of. Like, his style is... It's very Kubrick. unique. Kubrick. So, were you a fan of Drive? Yes. I haven't actually watched Drive in a long time, so I need to rewatch I it. I think I'd like to, as well. It's but, super uh, emo and, you know, yeah, the vapor wave. It's also style over substance, right? So, I guess, if that's just what he does... Yeah. It's just kind of his thing. Mm-hmm. And he tells stories with that are interspersed with this, like, graphic violence, like... The ghost is this hyper slicing people's hands off and shit. Yeah, he like is a the, this awesome detective, but he, he carries a sword. He like produces a, this a sword out of sword. nowhere. He, it just and he just is like he always just unsheaths his sword and then like makes you tell him what he wants to know and then just like slices you. horrifically kills you. Yeah, <laughs> like, cuts anyway. you in half and stuff. <laughs> um, it's wow. uh yeah. I, I, can you see why I insisted you watch that before Neon Demon? Yeah, you got to get a taste for his style, or right? Else you're now. lost in the woods. Right? Yeah, so I'm not going to give it really high marks, but at the same time, you need to see it to move through his filmography, right? Totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, hmm, interesting. Okay, Mike, what do you got? Uh, I watched season two of Marco Polo on Netflix. Oh, okay. Uh, Doing God's work once again. I don't. I, I thought the first season was all right of Marco Polo. Like it wasn't stand out, but I'd give it like a solid seven, like six and a half, seven out of ten. It was still enjoyable. Okay, I I never made it past maybe one or two episodes of. Um. So this one, like the end of season one, spoiler. Um. Ahmed, like one of his adopted sons, who was his Kublai Khan's vice regent. Very nice pronunciation, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's revealed that he has a painting of him holding Kublai Khan's head. So you know that he's a traitor of some sort. And so season two deals with Ahmed trying to just bring Kublai down, but not just bring him down, but take everything from him, like humiliate him and like send his sons and his armies off to do different things. And 
Kublai totally trusts him because he's given him no reason to throughout the years. Uh, so it's an interesting take because this is obviously historical fiction. Um, but Kublai Khan did take over China and he like mm-hmm. was responsible. He became emperor of China and created the Yuan dynasty, which arguably moved China forward quite a bit because they were sort of stuck in their ways. So it's interesting knowing that Kublai isn't going to die and that he will become emperor. So seeing how they make it uh, last, like, so what get are they you sh- involved? What scene are they showing with his death then? They're, well, they're, they're not showing his death. It's just, okay. That's what Ahmed was trying to get. Like, I guess he, he I wants get. the throne. Yeah, yeah. So he, like, uh, the season right off the start shows that he's conspiring with um, another Mongol warlord, Kudai, who is played by, oh, what's his name? Dude from one of the, the first Fast and the Furious movies. Anyway, uh, so the um, at the Kurulatai, which is just like a, a, an election, basically, and so everyone's always accused Kublai of stealing the Kurulatai that he won. Uh, to become the Khan of Khans, the Great Khan. So there's always been whispers that his mother and stuff, like they were dishonorable and how he got it. So now this guy who relies on honor has challenged him to take over and he's got a lot of support. But then throughout the course of the season, he starts realizing that he needs to do things less honorably and sort of falls into that trap. And so Kublai, this sounds like pretty p- people dig when people do dishonorable things. Yeah, yeah, Anti heroes yeah. are big these days. Well, the cons, like you're reminding me a lot of uh, hardcore history and like how awesome the Wrath of the Cons Dan, series is. Dan Carlin's exceptional podcast. Oh, that's probably the best podcast. Like the Wrath of the Cons <clears throat> might be the best podcasting that's ever been done, in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, that's a good argument. When I when I heard. Uh, about Marco Polo, I was like, that sounds interesting, but also kind of gimmicky. Like, it made me think about the 90s TV show, like, Conan, you know, like how he wandered around. Not Conan, uh, Hercules? Uh, yeah, Kevin, Kevin Sorbo's Sorbo. yeah, yeah, Hercules. Yeah, Hercules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, Xena, like, just the wandering sort of hero. No, this is much more interesting. Like, I, I understand why you only got a couple episodes in in season one, because it does take a little while to get rolling. So... And- this sounds, that's what I was going to say. Season two that, sounds way yeah, better. Like following the, the cons is like, I'm totally like, that sounds awesome. Like, season two that's is, what Marco Polo was actually about, I mean, on board. Oh, yeah. Season two is way more interesting. So it, it kind of follows okay. how Kudai stops, like, starts um, giving up on, like, compromising his morals because he wants to win. And Kublai, who's been accused of cheating before, kind of sticks with the honorable path. So it's an interesting thing to watch how this one guy is trying to be uh good for everybody saying mm. honor and whatever but he falls and the guy he's trying to usurp ends up being an embodiment of that anyway mm-hmm. so uh there's there's a lot going right, on there's some right. great there's some great fights i, I was mean, gonna i was gonna ask is like this you got some nice scale you got some sexy battles like yeah there's some good stuff in that right. like um <clears throat> one of my favorite characters hundred eyes he's a blind monk <laughs> Hundred eyes. Yeah, he was a right. he was a Wudong monk that held off the Mongol attack on uh, his temple, uh, but then they blinded him, and he is now like in service of Kublai. So he trains his sons, and he basically Marco is offered up in season one by his father to Kublai, who then sort of adopts him as his own son, basically, because that's what he does. He collects sons from different cultures because uh, he's he's inclusive. He's trying to build an inclusive 
society where oh yeah he's inclusive (laughs) (laughs) damn Um, yeah listen to hardcore history (laughs) to find out just how inclusive the cons were (laughs) all right well that's yeah. yeah, so it's uh, it's definitely worth a look. It's it's much hear, better. I don't hear much about it. That's what's crazy. I know it so. came it came out of nowhere. Actually, because season one was received fairly lukewarm, uh, they probably used some feedback. Yeah, and two was definitely better. But I didn't okay. even know two had been greenlit or was even coming out until it came out on mm. Netflix. I like, think Netflix pretty much like every show is automatically greenlit for a second season. Pretty much, like I I don't think they ever are like not hopeful for one. Uh, yeah, it's ten episodes. I think the first I can't remember if season one was eight or, okay. ten, or ten, but check it out. Um, so, oh man, I watched the first hour of Keanu. Kind of dig it. Got to get through it. Oh man, I love Keanu. <laughs> it's actually I can see this being a really good movie. Keegan Michael Key or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's just like, y'all motherfuckers, yeah. Like, he, he just, he's wearing this, like, the soup, the whitest outfit ever, but he's talking like such a thug. He really does a great job. Um, there's a part in it where Method Man is talking about his new drug, Holy Shit, which I think maybe you had mentioned on the show, right? Where Holy shit. Uh, where he says, it's a mixture of DMT, um, PCP, and crystal meth, uh, and Method Man says, when you smoke it, it's like you're smoking crack with God. <laughs> <laughs> I love the premise of Keanu, how all of these hardcore drug dealers love this little cat. And yeah, it's how, the cutest cat ever. And how Keegan-Michael Key <clears throat> is like the whitest black guy ever. It's and really he- <laughs> effective. He's really, really good in this. Um, He's so good. I also watched Batman vs. Superman, The Ultimate Cut. Tell me about it. So did you guys watch this? Did you guys put no. yourselves through this? Uh, no. Uh, you were the guinea pig. Yeah, I you think. said that you were going to do it, so I didn't bother. It was your turn to wear I the have, hard hat. I have read some reviews, but I want to hear what you say. So um, I'm always down for extended editions. I'm always down for giving a movie a second chance. Kingdom of Heaven is like the quintessential example of this, where like the original movie is... Kind of boring, six, actually. Six out of ten. Kingdom of Heaven being the Orlando Bloom yeah. Ridley Crusades Scott. movie. Ridley Scott Crusades movie. Yeah. So the theatrical cut of that is dog shit, but the three-hour director's cut is a different movie altogether. Like, the, the in, edited differently, like, completely different. Like, characters that are in it briefly are revealed to be related by blood to other characters. I wonder if it's... Because the, the movie is like... Like, I watched that back in university as when I was doing my religious studies because of the sort of uh doesn't it positively i haven't seen it in years but doesn't it positively portray the or maybe it really negatively portrays the muslims i can't oh, remember yeah, very negative yeah um but the, the movie is worth seeing for the director's cut so that's why you know i'm always open and i was open to ultimate cut for batman versus superman i i will say i knew i was in trouble when when the opening credits for the movie actually say the ultimate cut in it <laughs> so okay. like so Warner Brothers presents a Zack Snyder film Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice the ultimate cut like it says that on the screen while you're watching the actual movie so the font guy got some extra are there, dough. Any, are there any other movies that have like a director's cut that say that say direct, director's cut like, oh, no that, <laughs> I don't think that, that this is the first in history okay like Jesus. no one ever bothers to do that because it seems silly. Because you're sort it's of ridiculous. Um, the gun battles in 
the opening sequence are all super bloody, which is cool. Okay. So guys are getting... You remember that opening scene in, in Africa, Africa? Yeah. Where they sort of frame... So there's very little violence, I remember. But there's like people... You don't get, see a lot. Yeah, you see some shots, people getting going down. You know, in in sort of Indiana Jones movies or PG movies, they when people get shot, it. you just sort of wriggle and shot, and you sort of hold yourself. There's no gunshot uh. wound. There's nothing. This, they've actually added, like, there's sprays. It's all digital garbage, but... You know, you've got sprays of blood coming out of guys. Mm. There's an F-bomb. Ooh. Okay. The one, dude in a, the, the one dude in a wheelchair, Scoot McNary. Yeah. He comes in and he sees... Scoot. Yeah. It's the scene where he comes in and sees uh, Lex Luthor in his apartment with that fancy new awesome chair. Mm-hmm. That may or may not have a little surprise buried in it. Right? He's got that fancy new Professor Xavier wheelchair robotic one for him. Scoot McNary rolls in. Who the fuck are you? I'm thinking, that's pretty good for a Batman movie. Gave the movie yeah, a, a it, bit of an edge did to that, it. Did that... Did it, though? Continued? <laughs> like, did the upward trend continue? Smoother uh, editing. Much better pacing. Like, this feels like just a movie that has room to breathe now. Because it's a big story. Okay. But Okay, I don't know what that means. Well, it's it, instead of <laughs> rushing... Do you remember how Batman v Superman felt like we were just rushing from scene to scene? You were lost. And well, didn't it's kind of one it, of the... Pro- it I didn't can make say, any yeah, sense. Yeah, one it, of them. Like, it did just literally the, jump. Exactly. This 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 pads stuff out, and it feels like stuff builds up a little more, and there's... You got more information. You do. You there's, there's, there's better pacing. However, at the end of all this, I looked at myself in the mirror, <laughs> uh, and, and then I said to myself, this is still the exact same movie. This is still the same dull, uninspired. Uh, no more Gal Gadot. Like she didn't. No, I didn't. I like. I. I couldn't. When I backed away from it and squinted, I couldn't actually see any real differences other than just it feels like it has better pacing, but there's nothing notable that says this is a better movie. It's. It's. It's less shitty. <laughs> I don't know. Still not good. I don't know if it's better because that's giving it too much credit to say it's better. It is still the same. You movie. scraped some of the poop off. Exactly. You've cleaned it up. You've polished it up. You've fixed a few things. So but does that give it stocks? It's still the same sh- smelly shit. So does that give it like point five for presentation then? Because the pacing is a little better now. It it, it, <laughs> it is no longer an awful movie. Uh. Didn't, it, you it, just, didn't you just say it's still the same pile of shit? It it is, but it's it, it it's gone from awful to just so. What dull. score does it change your score? Like what what do you got? What happened? It doesn't change the score. Okay, it so doesn't change. I don't the even score. need to watch it. No, you guys don't need to watch it. Thank you, no. thank you for watching it. Then is that all I could have said? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I wanted to hear like if you if you were going to say like oh yeah, there's like the ten more minutes of Wonder Woman are indispensable you have to see gal gadot you'll just love it but yeah no you doesn't seem like i need to like the kingdom of heaven anything at all the kingdom of heaven i want to watch kingdom of heaven actually the the director's cut of that has like extra battle scenes in it dude gets like an ice pick or like a fucking pickaxe into his head crazy damn all the way up to the handle y'all yeah i gotta rewatch it because i think there's something Kingdom there's of Heaven some, is sick. There's something about the story. Like, they either tell it accurately or they tell it totally reversed. The thing about Kingdom of Heaven, I was surprised when I watched it, is because the battles don't go to the last man like so many other movies mm-hmm. do. It's like they'll fight, stop, and then there's still thousands of them around. They're like, yeah. okay, you win, we'll leave. I mean, y- like you got that. those awesome towers. I mean, watching the, you know, the, the sack of Jerusalem or whatever is sick. It's a, it's a really good movie. Um, yeah, I remember all that. And stuff. it's a different movie, whereas Batman for Superman is the same shit. 
Um, Pokemon Go, y'all. Came out. Yes. How many Pokemon do you guys have? I haven't been playing it at all. I have 11. Oh, you have more than me. I caught uh, Rattata and... Rattata? Rattata? R-A-T-T-A-T-A, right? I think so. Rattata. Um, <laughs> Rattata? Whatever. Please uh, get me out of this moment. I got a Squirtle. I got, oh, you got a like Squirtle? A, uh, some seahorse thing. <laughs> yeah, just crushing your data plan. <laughs> uh, Not really, just kidding. But, yeah, it's fun. It, what's Okay, other than catching them all... You well, you have to walk around, so like it's, I know, but it's other than augmented reality, right? This game this game is going to be enormous. Other well, than it's forcing me to walk around, what is the point of it? That that it's basically Pokemon with walking around in real life. <laughs> so let's let's lay it out for you here. It has a cool looking two D map that you're walking around on. Yeah, like Google oh, Street View in Pokemon style. Yeah, like a you know cool pixel art style. Yeah. You're walking around on it. There are little uh, poke stops. Yeah, and there I don't know who set the who, who set these up. Do people do like when I get to a certain level? Can I make a poke stop? Take a photo of something? Call it something cool? I don't know. Essentially, what it is is you. There's a photo of an object or a or a location, la- a landmark. Usually, it's like an object of some kind, like a mural or a statue or something. Yeah, some plaque. You and as soon as you're in that vicinity. Uh, you can spin this little logo and Pokeballs pop out of it. And you know, eggs pop out of it, stu- yo. Stuff, items. Little, just... little eggs pop out of it. Now, the eggs are sweet because you use an incubator and that will incubate the egg and then it says how many kilometers are left until that hatches. And that's just you walking. So f- to, to hatch Pokemon, you literally just have to walk. Or move. You know, you don't have to walk necessarily. Take a car ride. No, it doesn't. Car rides don't count. They don't? It tracks how fast you're moving. Nice. So if you get in a car, it doesn't work. Wow. What, about, what about on a bike? Uh, I don't know. So someone is already using a drone <laughs> to find Pokemon. Essentially, when you do encounter a Pokemon, um, it'll pop up on your screen and the camera activates. And, and then you, it's AR. And then it's augmented reality. And you have the little Pokemon jumping around on your couch or floating around on your bookcase or, or walking dancing on the, sidewalk. on the sidewalk. And you actually have this Pokeball at the bottom and you're flinging it up. And I found... It's it, harder than you think. It really is harder than you think. There's it, you, You'd figure this is just some mindless shit. I, I, hard Pokemon? I, I tried to catch a... Uh, oh, I forget which one it is. A Drowsy or something like that. Mm. Oops. And it... um. It was super hard to get because he's a high-level Pokemon. So he's bouncing he's all over. dodging shit. I didn't even get him. He turned into a cloud of dust, man. Oh, no. Huh. Uh, people are getting into crazy adventures with this in reality. Uh, on Twitter, trending was, along with the Pokemon Go hashtag, was legs hurt was trending on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, this so is a bunch so of, funny. So a bunch of pathetic... Uh, People like hardcore gamers are now yeah, getting like into hermit, Pokemon Go. Hermit like gamers are now into Pokemon Go, and they're and they're doing this thing that's called walking, <laughs> and they don't understand why their legs hurt. This new thing called jogging. It's a soft um, J. There is apparently you just run. There's a report of there's this my Pokedex. There's a report of this young girl in Minnesota, I believe, or somewhere she she was hiking looking for pokemon down near a river oh is this the one that found found a body found a dead body 
Yeah. Uh, uh, I've read an article about guys that were robbing people at Pokestops. Yeah, that, that's another one. They just go they to just these, wait around. They just go Steal to these Pokestops. They know people are showing up at them. It's just like a tra- attracts people now, and they are just holding their phone out. Did you see the article written by, I forget his name, Omar or something, a black guy, who is just like... I can't play this game. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. in America, just some random black dude walking around... Where he shouldn't be. Just aimlessly from the looks of it. Yeah. Attracts attention, and with the climate down there, it's dangerous. Likely to get you shot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They Which um, is shitty. That's really, really shitty. They. I yeah. saw. I saw another. Oh re- man, I'm. I'm so glad that I live in Canada. <sighs> oh my goodness. I, I saw another report where uh, it was like a middle-aged married dude with kids or something. He he goes out 3 a.m. Can't sleep. Goes to the park uh, down the street. Kind of a rough neighborhood or something. And he's looking for Pokemon, and all of a sudden, like three young, maybe a bit dangerous-looking black kids come up to him, uh, and he's like, "Uh oh, this is kind of crazy." And then they're like, "Yo, did you find a, squ- a squidgy? You know, a, is there a Pidge- is there Pidgeotto? A, like, what, yeah. what's going on? Is there a Snorlax there around? Snorlax, yeah. So then they all, the, him, this middle-aged white dude, and these you know young black kids are all looking for <laughs> Pokemon awesome. now. Then the co- a cop shows up, and it's like, "What are you all doing here? Like, clearly this is a drug deal." Like what? Like, we're what Pokemon, are you doing, sir? And then he, the guy's like, "We're playing Pokemon." And then the cop goes, "Sweet, can did I you find can, a can he's saying, no, Literally, he's like, "Where did you get the download from? Show me how to get it." And then they all started looking for Pokemon. Oh, oh my god, that's amazing! Like, oh, that's the I don't kind of thing I don't know how realistic yeah. all these are. It, it feels like there's a lot of kind of you know hilarious shit just going on with Pokemon Go fake stories there's like an accident photo that was put up that's been debunked right like this giant pile up they said someone caused it's cool I want to try and use it at school in the fall it's a sick game Hmm. how am I gonna did you uh, build a lesson around that you texted me that mirror for it right yeah it's not available in Canada yet you can get an APK file for it be careful yeah, there some, are some with malicious some software embedded. Malicious, exactly. You can you can easily tell that. There's a you can go online and look up like it'll give you the permissions that I assume the one that you send is good. Yeah, Unless you're trying to play a joke on me. It's all good. <laughs> and and if you if you have the bad one, you can see that the permissions are funky. Like you look at the permissions it's asking for and it's like, "Whoa. Why is it asking for access to when, call my contacts? Like everything in the phone. When yeah. is it supposed to legitimately be out? It's on hold, I think. Oh yeah, cuz of server issues yeah. and stuff, right? It should be like hopefully this week, like Tuesday, Monday, like tomorrow. I don't know. It's fun. It's amazing. It's gonna get huge. Uh, Anything else, fellas? Um, Still watching Preacher. Still enjoying it. Um, Finished Better Call Saul. Anybody that enjoyed uh, Breaking Bad but wants a little bit more humor, I think it's better than Breaking Bad. Ooh, Uh, for for that specific. uh... Yeah, it's funnier, and I just. I like the story better. Hmm, okay. Um, but that's it. I uh, I went to the live musical Newsies. Oh, oh sweet. my goodness. <laughs> it was so good, man. Um, I watched the Newsies movie when it first came out with Christian Bale way back in the day. Yeah, I, I was way too cool for that. And I think this is... Uh, <laughs> uh, this is fairly new. Like a broad, Broadway show won a bunch of awards when it came out. Music was great. Oh, was the original good? Like the Disney? I don't. I don't remember. Like I was 
10, I think, when I watched like, it. I've like, never yeah, seen this. Yeah, like, to me, it was just so, like, out of my wheelhouse. Like, I don't want to watch a musical about little newspaper kids. Like, I was like, fuck this. Well, it's, fuck? About a, it's about a strike, right? Like, it's about newspaper yeah. kids being taken advantage of by Pulitzer, who basically ran New York at the time. And they were... the Sounds riveting. You could the, never uh, make this. Disney could never pull this off. No. The, uh, it's like Oliver Twist. Yeah, like, oh, fuck. So, so newspaper earnings were down, so they jacked up the price, because at the time, newsies would pay for the papers themselves. Mm-hmm. And have to sell. That's why they're so, them. like, extra, extra yeah, exactly. really aggressive. Yeah, um, and so it's them jacking the price up on the newsies um, mm. for them to buy, and they try and unionize and fight against it. Um, it was really incredible, like, uh, I'm not okay. sure if you're a fan of live shows, but the choreography and dancing was nuts. Like watching these people bound all over the place. Yeah, just... there's a lot of like gymnastics in it. Like yeah, it's aerial splits and shit. Holy I remember from crap. the trailer. I don't know why it was so. They are incredible. Because they're children. Well, they are. We went to they're acrobatic. So this is at the Queenie Theater. Afterwards, we're like, you know what? Let's go for a drink. And right across the street, there's a Moxie's. We're like, okay, cool. We walk in, and at that point, I hadn't been in a Moxie's forever and realized that now it's a family-branded restaurant and kind of shitty. Not a, not a place to get a drink. No, kind of shitty, and it's full. All of all of the food we had was smothered in salt. Sorry, Moxie's. You fail. But the entire cast of the show came in, and I was looking at them. I'm like, Jesus, they're all like 17, 18, and they're just all ripped. I was like, holy crap. Damn. So you got to appreciate the Dancers physicality. And, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, speaking of music. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> no, I was just going to say, it, it was worth checking out. I actually, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, yeah. But speaking of musicals, I just recently had my birthday and I'm going to be going to see uh, Book of Mormon. Oh, so I'll nice. be able to review that. I'm trying to get a hold of some tickets for yeah, that. Yeah, very so. excited. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame that the Vancouver theater scene is just doesn't exist, essentially. Yeah. Very. Toronto is a amazing place to go to a show yeah they got some great theaters there third best in the world i don't know if you knew that behind new york and london really in terms of just amount of productions Hmm. in yeah i was not aware of that but vancouver is very quickly falling behind many 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 other places in the world for all sorts of things (laughs) oh throwing shade uh (laughs) well for the tech industry the top 20 rated uh, cities in the world it's number 20 yeah i know it's not in the movie like they're losing a lot of shit and millennials apparently totally off topic i'm gonna rant a little here <laughs> do it do it <laughs> buying houses like years ago it would take about three or three to five years to save up enough for a down payment but now the way the market is and the way we, we just haven't it takes 23 years for the average millennial to save up a down payment to buy a house because mm-hmm. the average price of a house is 1.5 million dollars yeah. so if old people just say no you got to save up you know save your pennies just punch them yeah i know yeah, <laughs> like, just go get pennies. a job it was so easy when i did it in 1968 yeah there was lots just go of get jobs. a mortgage and a job in the same day and if you flipped burgers it, it added actually up. i actually i you think could, people could... should flip burgers because it builds character <laughs> but i've done it and it <laughs> so you want responsibility you, 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 and want, stuff. you want sydney to flip burgers i just want people i think that youth should have menial jobs and not complain like yeah work your way up but it's hard to actually even work your way to anything anymore yeah well you have to anyway. put in time <laughs> yeah anyway <laughs> let's let's move into some news of course let's do it. unless there's anything else that you want to cover uh i no? watched american ultra i thought it was okay yeah we reviewed it it's not that was the that, that <laughs> i give it like a five out of ten that, okay that's good yeah. I, I, I that that's, i agree with um, that <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that that's the movie that we reviewed right before Turbo Kid. So uh, if you had joined 
I just missed if that. You, exactly. If you had joined our uh, show one week earlier, you would have... It's not good. You would have dealt with that. No, it's not <laughs> good. Um, I also watched Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, oh, yeah. We can talk about that, maybe, in news. All right, let's do it. Ooh. be the bad guy anymore you can't mess with the program ralph you're not going turbo are you turbo no i'm not going turbo come on guys is it turbo to want a friend or a medal or a piece of pie every once in a while is it turbo to want more out of life yes ralph ralph we get it but we can't change who we are and the sooner you accept that the better off your game and your life will be. Hey, one game at a time, Ralph. Now let's close out with the bad guy affirmation. Okay. <clears throat> I'm bad, and that's good. I will never be good, and that's not bad. There's no one I'd rather be than me. All right, getting into news. Wreck-It Ralph 2, 2018. Yeah. John C. Riley. So two years from now, we'll be maybe reviewing Wreck-It Ralph. Dose. What, what else is two years from now? Incredibles 2? Uh, like what what will Marvel be doing the at Han, that point? The Han Solo uh, solo movie. <laughs> <laughs> the Han Solo solo? Uh, yeah, so Wreck-It Ralph 2 seems like pretty pretty good idea. I thought Wreck-It Ralph 1 was kind of meandering. It sort of distracted itself. Wreck-It Ralph 1... I think I've said this on the podcast before. Should have been titled Sugar Rush. Mm. But mm. nobody is that a real game? Well, no. But that's the that's the Mario Kart esque version of the game that seventy five percent of the movie is really about. It's it's actually the movie's about Vanellope von Schweech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is secretly Scott's favorite movie. Well, no, it's it's basically about Gen- uh, Sarah Silverman's character, Vanellope, in, in, like sort of getting screwed out of you know being a character, a main character in this go kart mm-hmm. racer game. Mm-hmm. She's one of the core characters, and she's sort of you know fighting for her place back in that. Do well, we know what so is number two lineup. Wreck It Ralph is also trying to come to terms with who he is and accept but, his place. But I, I, I just want more about Wreck It. Like we barely see. Wreck- is that what number two is? Then? Well, Wreck It Ralph two is about the online world, is from what I understand, which sounds a little more hmm. interesting. Are we hmm. going to see Vanellope again? She's with him. Yeah, it's sort of so they're it's a duo, like a buddy. Yeah, which is cool because I really liked her. Mm-hmm. She's funny. I mean, Sarah Silverman's great. Awesome the characters, adorable as hell. And I love Ralph. He's just a, a great character. I love his rectangular fingers. <laughs> yeah, like they're really square. Um, and uh, Fix-It Felix is really fun. And mm-hmm. 
What's that actor's name again? Uh, he's the from 30 Rock, I believe, right? <coughs> yeah, he's the page. He's, he's very funny. I, I love the scenes where he's like smashing himself in the face. <laughs> like he, like he, he, he smashes himself in the head and he's got this big black eye. But he uh, can no, fix it. No, no, no. Um, what's her name? The Halo chick is punching him and he's just, just smashing himself. When he, whenever he hits himself in the face with the hammer, it like repairs his head. <laughs> Because he can only fix things, like when he's trying to get out of the prison, and he just makes it stronger. Uh, <laughs> it's the bars with the hammer. <laughs> it's actually so. It's, it's Fix It Felix Junior. Okay, guys. Oh, sorry. Um, that's the actor's name. Wow. No, he got to play his father. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, so... are you down? Like you guys are probably. In yeah, there, we'll sure, see right? it. Yeah. Uh, so hundred percent. There's there's two things here. There's a Peter Jackson Steven Spielberg story. So Peter Jackson is confirmed that he's working on the next Tintin film. So you remember this was the agreement. There's going to be another Tintin film? I didn't see the first one. Was it so, any good? No. It's not that great. There's a really great chase sequence in the middle of it that feels like an Uncharted game. It's all one shot, if you will. <laughs> yeah, it's CGI. You, you can't say that. Uh, I know you can't. <laughs> it's still impressive. It looks really cool. But the first one wasn't good. It was Tintin and the uh, the tale of the uh, rising. I don't even care. It's, it was so forgettable that I can't even remember. Um, this new one's called The Prisoners of the Sea. Prisoners of the Sun, rather. And Peter Jackson's directing this one. The, the idea of the first one was like Peter Jackson produced the first Tintin movie and Steven Spielberg directed it. And then they'd swap roles for the sequel. So is this a bet? That they have going I to don't see. Fucking know. It's like who can make the best, <laughs> yeah, yeah. who can make the better Tintin movie. Um, but that's kind of what they're doing. Seems interesting. Huh. Uh, but then that's going to be after Peter Jackson makes his mystery Amblin film. So he's making a, a film for Steven Spielberg and Amblin Entertainment without any interesting information at this point. Hmm. Um, e T T. So I guess would, would you guys call this thing a controversy, uh, George Takei? talking about sulu sulu and his character in star uh, star, in star trek, trek beyond beyond other than being the gay. fact that i heard takei said something i don't know anything so they've come out and said that sulu is gay in the new star trek beyond movie which i guess would be he comes out of the closet in the movie at some no, point no like simon Pegg was saying he's never been in the closet it's just never ever come up like it's his Sulu's sexuality in the past mm-hmm. in in this timeline anyway for sure has never been part of any of the stories and it just happens to be there. But is that because Takai is gay himself? Yeah, that's kind of why they did it. They honored him to sort of and all of his the activism he's done for you know gay rights and stuff yeah. over the years and all the great things he's done. So they're like, let's just make his character gay. George Takai, uh, he said that the sudden move quote, did not honor the character as he was originally created and sent a dubious message about whether people can suddenly change their sexuality. Mm, I, I'm See, which is there's uh, a lot of stuff going on, and I actually think I really like Takei, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think he his statements are on yeah. the side I fall on this time. Like oh Simon, <laughs> Simon, Simon Pegg basically said, how ridiculous is it that in this future society that includes, like, full of aliens, there isn't... Yeah, so a gay character, right? Yeah, Simon Pegg said, uh, 
It's unfortunate that the screen version of the most inclusive, tolerant universe in science fiction hasn't featured an LGBT character yeah. until now. Uh, we could have introduced a new gay character, but he or she would have been primarily defined by their sexuality as seen as the gay character rather than simply for who they are. And isn't that tokenism? Uh, yeah, I think Peg is fairly... He's a pretty uh, smart guy. Well, and, and people were like, well, you could have gone with, with like Scotty. And, and basically, he just said, well, yeah, we could have. But died. He's, and he's just like, well, we could have, but uh, tragedy. we wanted to also pay homage to George Takei, right? So this is what we did. And I think I think it's absolutely fine. Like that's a, I think it's a great move on their part. Yeah. It seems, I don't know what George Takei was thinking, but it's... I'm, yeah, I'm not really sure either. It's funny that, you know, a straight man has to tell a gay man what is sort of more it's, of like it, a more appropriate response or so, something it's like so it's so weird i remember thinking that when i was reading this i'm just like i didn't think i would fall down on the straight guy side here it's it's like, it's, it's interesting i mean it's uh, anyone can have a dumb opinion i like obviously right it doesn't matter your sexuality interesting <laughs> i mean they both have points but i think simon has more points it's pretty obvious um so you guys like the nice guys right yeah you bet so a big part of uh, I think why that movie was good was the young, the young girl and and Rice or whatever the daughter the daughter was spectacular in that movie. She's cast in don't say in stuff, yeah, <laughs> don't, just say, say whores, daddy. There yeah, are whores just here. say there's there's whores here. <laughs> uh, she got cast in Spider Man Homecoming. Oh, nice. Yeah, as, cool. As who? I'm guessing probably some sort of romantic interest. I'm really down I mean, yeah, with guess, how yeah. they're making Spider Man like. Young. It's a they're John making him an actual the, high school age. They are apparently trying to make a John Hughes movie out of this. Well, and Stan, uh, Stan Lee is super into this whole thing, too. That's the way it's Spider-Man should be. Like, it should be a John Hughes movie. Imagine know? they had, like, a bunch of 80s tracks in it and stuff. It, it, well, I don't know if they need 80s music. I know, but, but like, you could go for that spirit pretty... Well, you could even have 80s music in it, because I'm sure a lot of 80s music is listened to in school these days. Ironically, mm, not really. No, no? they just, okay. just listen to Vaporwave and out, Outrun. To, they listen to like One Direction and stuff. They're from the '80s, though, right? They no, they're from <laughs> they're, like the they're, the two thousands. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. Um, so Michael Cimino, Michael Cimino, the guy who directed Deer Hunter. Oh yeah, he passed away. And right? Heaven's Gate, yeah, he passed away. You guys seen? Deer Hunter or Heaven's Gate? This guy won Best Picture and Best Director yeah, in it, the same year? For 70, 1978 for Deer Hunter. I haven't seen it, and I probably should. It's hmm. pretty legendary. And I've, I've, I've watched the first hour of the director's cut of Heaven's Gate, which got a standing ovation when it... So Heaven's Gate like just bombed on release. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> this western set in Wyoming... In the 1880s, uh, and it was re-edited in maybe like 2010 or 2011 into like a four-hour director's cut what? extravaganza thing, Holy and it, and I think it was uh, it ran at the Venice Film Festival or something, and it received like a 10-minute standing ovation. Like wow, and I've and I've watched the first hour of it, and it is pretty unreal. So hmm. I don't know. Heaven's Gate is, I think, a hidden gem. I think there might be some. A four-hour hidden gem. Yeah. I don't know if anyone will ever get to that, but... Mm. Uh, That's a triple black diamond there. I mean, I don't know. Deer Hunter, probably one we should watch. That's off-piste. <laughs> Do 
Kiefer Sutherland is joining the Flatliners remake, yo. Yeah, I heard about that. Have you guys seen Flatliners? Yeah. I think it was on TV like a few months ago and I watched it again. So this again. is the Julia Roberts, Kevin Bacon, Kiefer Sutherland movie where... Uh, In their spare time, they <clears throat> flatline. They flatline. Basically, you die and then we bring you back and it's just uh, the biggest rush. Oh, I heard about this, but I've never seen it. I couldn't believe it was actually a movie. That's... It's a 26-year-old film. So... They're remaking it. Why? Okay. Because everything you got to remake now. They're remaking 90s movies now. You know, we're going to have remakes of uh, Father of the Bride and... Those big jeans are coming back. Damn. Pipes. Fuck. (laughs) That sucks. (laughs) Over overalls and shit. (laughs) With With one one shoulder. With one shoulder off. Oh, God. This is horrifying. Uh... So since there's been there's been a lot of news since we haven't been around in a while, uh, the Dark Tower costume images came onto the internet. I don't know if you have any we comments. Got as Idris our Elba, we got Matthew McConaughey, d- we got so Matthew McConaughey has this sick looking black hair. Yeah, but he awesome. He, he also looks like really tanned, kind of. Is that no good? Well, the man in black. I don't know. I I I'm not gonna comment. I give them all credit. I'm like gonna give them the benefit of the doubt until I see it. Because I just want it to be so good. So, I don't know. He's going to have to be shot, like, in the dark or something. I don't know. Because he's not supposed to look... Yeah, I mean, it's these are daytime shots while they're wandering around the set. He should look dustier. You're in the desert. But they're going to... It's not going to be like the book, I guess. They're going to show a bunch more. Like, it's going to be sort of... People that want to read any of this should read the entire series. Because this is not going to be book by book at all. So you, someone was saying that you have to actually read The Stand before you watch The Dark Tower. You have to read kind of every book that Stephen King's ever written. Well, fuck. That's super reasonable. Because his books are really you don't short. Have to. You don't have to. He no. writes really short books. But if you want ones that like directly tie together, you got to read The Dark Tower series. you got to read Hearts in Atlantis. you got to read... Damn. Uh, Dreamcatcher? 1408. You know that... Uh, is that John Cusack, John Cusack movie? Yeah. yeah. So that's a Stephen King short story and like ties in directly. Uh, you got to see The Mist. I love The Mist. Right? The Mist ties in directly to, to Stephen King. What about the Tommy the Knockers? The Shining. I don't think... I don't know. I can't remember about Tommy, Knocker, Tommy Knockers. But The Shining ties in... Um, Christine is that the one with the car? Yep, ties but, in. Fuck this. Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery ties in. How um, can all this tie? Anyways, like Salem's it, Lot. Does that Salem's tie in? Lot ties in? When it you say ties in. ties in, it's like a loose, like just sort of like a little Easter egg tie in, right? Mm-hmm. Well, like either characters or locations or uh, things will directly relate to the Dark Tower. So, do you think the remake of It is going to uh, have a nod? In any way. Oh man, they gotta well, start the Stephen King thing, universe, like, man. The, the yeah, the Stephen I, King universe. So I don't want to give any spoilers. Actually, that is a. Hmm. I don't even <laughs> know if I can say this one thing that happens in the Dark Tower. It's kind of spoil. Well, okay. So Pennywise, I'm gonna spoil it. I'm gonna do it. Sure. Be careful. So Pennywise is in the Dark Tower series. Cool. Yeah, but like you don't. Pennywise changes shape mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. So yeah. i think I, I even i knew that yeah right so pennywise is in Fuck. you know what I, I note to self don't 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 ask red about the dark tower because then the podcast will just be 
we can talk about it for the whole time. <laughs> the Dark Tower cast, yeah. which is probably maybe something. The Tower cast. Should be maybe. I, I don't know if there's a Dark Tower podcast. It's the series of books is phenomenal. And I can't, I mean, people have their tastes. So this has some pretty out there stuff. But <clears throat> Stephen King supporters swear by him. So this is not like people hear Stephen King and they're like, oh, horror. He writes horror. The Dark Tower series is not just horror. The Dark Tower series is mostly not horror, actually. The Dark Tower series is mostly, like, science fiction, thriller. Um, it's It sort of defies uh, categor- categories? Categorization? Categorization, yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. It's got, like, Western elements. It's, it's got, just an epic saga, right? It's got elements of... Like it seems like right, chivalrous knights and stuff. A studio would love this, just adapting each one as a different genre. It's like amazing. Marvel, it's so good. Uh, Marvel actually does do a series of graphic novels. So we talked about Nicholas Winding Refn, our boy NWR. Our boy might be a bit strong. He <laughs> he turned down Spectre. He he was offered Nicholas Winding Refn was offered the Spectre gig, and he turned it down. Can you imagine? Be, just being able to say no to a James Bond movie. Can we read? Just say what, nah, nah. I'm not going to do that. I think we should read what a Nicholas Winding Refn is that because he read the movie. script. Did he read the script and say, "Oh, this is shit"? Likely, I'm not going to do it. Likely, likely. You know, he wouldn't have taken the gig without the script. Now, however, I heard that the script was being written as the movie was written. See, this is the problem with big video games and big films, <clears throat> is they design all the set pieces first, and then they thread the plot of the movie through the set pieces. So they go, we have this big action sequence here, you know, in uh, Vienna, big chase mm-hmm. sequence. There's a uh, tower sequence uh, in New York. Uh, we have a chase sequence along the river in Italy, and then we have a desert sequence at the end. And they literally film those giant sequences and then the the pickups and the filler and all the reshoots, they just are like, how can we lazily string the thread through these big blocks? You're, des- you're describing Mission Impossible. Mm. That's how Mission Impossible movies work, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And that's how Spectre works. So here's how the Nicholas Winding Refn James Bond movie looks, according to Red and Scott. <laughs> Bond and Moneypenny. Staring blankly at each other for two minutes straight. <laughs> Cut to vaporwave music. You're a real hero. <laughs> you know that song? Real and then, <laughs> human being. <laughs> and then uh, Money Penny and he kiss in an elevator. And then uh, 007 stomps someone's face into mush. So you're just the describing dry, uh, dry, and then yeah. the elevator doors and close, then, and on then Money he Penny. also stabs someone with a shower curtain. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> or a shower rod. I, I believe, yeah, he breaks it off and sticks it in the guy's neck. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To vaporwave I, I, music. That, that That's would be important. That would be really cool to see. NWR handling and, like a beloved franchise like 007, and adding Strange. all sorts of sick blood and violence and crumpled skulls and shit. Bond is really like think about when Pierce Brosnan played Bond. It was fun. Goldeneye's amazing. Yeah, and now look at what he's turning into. Batman. What? Yeah, we he's done right. Daniel Craig's <coughs> done. We're rebooting it again. Yeah, I'm into it. I would love to see Idris Elba as Bond, but 
Oh, well. He's going to yeah. be Roland Deshane yeah. Yeah. of Gilead. Uh, I think it might be Tom Hiddleston is my vote. And I'm cool with that. Yeah, he'd be pretty good. Because um, he's young and he can do them for like a decade. Uh, the Voyage of Time trailer came out. This is Terrence Malick's documentary mm-hmm. about like the birth of the universe. I haven't got to watch the trailer yet, actually. You haven't seen it. Isn't uh, it the birth and death of the universe? I believe it is. Yeah, so this thing was you can read news stories about this as far back as 2011 2010 when tree of life was coming out and it's made up of a bunch of footage from tree of life like left leftover imax footage of the earth of volcanic you know activity of uh you know the the galactic sort of it looks gorgeous nebula and stuff yeah it's a documentary narrated by brad pitt you were not into that Brad Pitt is not a charismatic speaker. He does not do a good job, at least in the trailer. uh, No, there's so many better people. Voyage of Time. An IMAX experience. Like Brad Pitt, I like Brad Pitt, but you have to have all of Brad Pitt. Like a lot of his performance is physical. Like Mm -hmm. he has that physical charisma. There's another version of it with Kate Blanchett. That's the one I'll watch. A full... uh, I think the IMAX version is 40 minutes and there's a full hour, you know, 40, two hour version with Kate Blanchett narrating, which is weird. I don't know why I have two two versions. But like the IMAX films are generally shorter. You know what I mean? They're like forty minute gigs that you kinda go in and out yeah, of. You go into a special theater and Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Hopefully we can go down to the old Riverport. Science World. Oh. That'd be the place to see Voyage of Time, it feels like. Up in the golf a, a scientific documentary. Feels like it. Uh so you want to talk about the annihilation set photos. Yeah, I think uh well, I I just bought the uh, third book in the series, so I'm in the gonna Southern leave. Reach yeah, trilogy, I'm going to finish it soon. Then, okay, it's Jeff Vandermeer, yeah. Um, so Alex Garland has already basically done filming this. Or... Yeah, he's making the movies. <sighs> it looks like they're in the most lush jungle on Earth. Yeah, so it looks really pumping it full of mist. Yeah, like humid and yeah you can imagine it just it looks really cool um i can't wait to see what they do i hope they do a great job because this book is fantastic and weird is it can you can you take the sort of cold sterile weirdness you know off-putted nature of uh ex machina and apply that same tone to you need to because like is that? But do you think that's what Alex Garland's going to do? Like well, it's going to be that's an why ominous, they got him. You know because there's so much in the book that's come that comes from the way it's written and the language that and the sort of you you can you never really know if you can trust the narrator or if it's hypnotic suggestion or what's going on. Or you never know if he's just going to aggressively dance disco moves in front of you. It's really yes. So to. To translate this sort of ominous sense of dread, you really need someone who can do that, which we saw, I think. It just atmospheric. It looks like just as gorgeous as Ex Machina. Alex Garland is such a fucking pimp. Yeah, I'm excited. I, you know, if they, if they make a dread sequel, can can you, instead of writing it, can you also direct, direct it, it this oh, time? Like, yeah, that'd be amazing. Fuck yeah, that would be good. Uh, and the last story, which you really love. Hello Games tweeted a photo. Yes. Of a bunch of dudes. And it's 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 interesting. I think there's some ladies in there too. It, it, it's, what? Their team 
Hello Games in in Bristol, England, I believe. They have a much larger team than I originally thought. I thought it was like five people. It's like 20 now. It grew when people were like starting to donate money, I guess. No Man's Sky went gold this week. It's mm. done. They're pressing discs. Nice. They're pressing discs, folks. You can't do anything now. Hello Games must be sweating bullets. They're just they put their game out now and of course there's going to be a day one patch. You're going to download oh. an update when you... Everything has that these days. It's... But you can't just run the game. It's going to be, oh, well, we have to add yeah. the rest of the game. Don't worry. <laughs> they're wait. still working. See, that's you get a little bit of extra time. You go gold, and then they're, they're still working on the game on a day one patch that's going to come out Do you think in it's August. just going to crash? Yes. And then be down for 24 hours? They're going to be giant shitstorms on like Kotaku's gonna freak out no man everybody's gonna get their own planet and it's gonna run smooth like butter is this game gonna be what everyone thinks it is if it is it's a new universe like they've built a new yeah that's universe. not what that's not what it is I think it will be maybe game of the year but I honestly I'm worried that it's not gonna last like people like it'll become gimmicky very quickly I, I hope I hope you don't see the seams and sort of the the sort of edges of how it's built really quick. Like you, like you might start planning. You go, oh, I see what's happening. It's just randomly throwing in these little. I'm uh, un- this oh. is whatever. I'm undecided because if it is really good, it could by itself destroy humanity. Because I want to be able a just, new virtual universe yeah. entirely, <laughs> and you just get. You can. You oh just man, I'm waste so your excited! Life I know, there. I know. I pre-ordered it when months ago. Months ago, yeah. You you pre-ordered it before the delay. Yeah, or, I believe, right? Yeah, I did. So, so I've been disappointed. It's coming out really soon. Excited again. I believe August 9th. <sighs> Month. I'm wow. going to get it on PC. I'm going to get it on PS4. I'll probably get it on PS4 as well. This thing's going to be the best, everybody. Actually, I've already got it. I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not going to. Uh, but we're going to see what happens, though. This this thing might be the biggest story of the year, depending on where it goes. Until The Last Guardian comes out, and then that thing's going to be terrible, and everyone's going to be really mad. And then go play No Man's Sky again. I don't think... The, I think The Last Guardian is going to be more of the same, which de- uh, 10 years ago would have been great. Or whatever. It 2009, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's it's too late now. No, it's true. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Calm and down there, that. Guys, <laughs> I'm mad now. I'm mad because uh, this school teacher is stealing my girlfriend. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, my pregnant girlfriend. It's crazy. Your wife? Yeah. Your wife? <laughs> I guess, yeah. I'm really mad. He looks just like me, too. Are you feeling okay? Do, you, only, know, do you know what's happening? He only makes a call when he disappears behind the concrete wall. Do you know what's happening? No. I think you do. Oh. You know. Oh, no. That's that's a line, by the way, from <laughs> from the 2013 Denis Villeneuve film. Yeah, which actually came out in... We saw it in 2014, and right? He, did yeah, we? is that when we saw it? Yeah, because you were already out here. Yeah, I was. So, well, it said like it says it came out in 2014 when you look it up. Oh, weird. Sorry. I guess it's the TIFF debut was probably uh. in September 2013. So, like, like probably qualifies in that year. I don't know. Hmm. Um, Fantastic movie that we're going to talk about, and guys. Hopefully, try enemy get to the the root of some think questions. Do you think we can? I I have Let's a find theory. out.
Anthony Clare, 3650 Rathburn Road. Hello? Uh, good afternoon. Hey. Um, no, I'm calling to speak Where to Dan. calling from? I'm, so, I'm sorry, I, th I think there's been a misunderstanding. Who is this? Okay, I'm gonna, Anthony? I'll call back later. Who is on the phone? The same guy who called before, same guy. Are you lying to me? You are my only son. I am your only mother. He looks exactly like you. What's happening? I, I really don't know what you're talking about. I think you know. So that was a clip from Enemy, a mild-mannered college professor discovers a look-alike actor and delves into the other man's private affairs. Huh. Damn. Hmm. Is it really that simple? Definitely not. <laughs> Enemy is directed by Denis Villeneuve, and it stars Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Melanie Laurent, Sarah Gadon, and Isabella Rossellini. Briefly. Yeah, and a guy named Tim Post as the concierge dude. He's a creepy dude. The well, guy he's supposed to be the guy who's like <laughs> in I the elevator. Go, I want to go back there. I'll do anything. To I'll go do back. anything. Yeah. What? So, guys, this is a review slash analysis of Enemy. Yes, a very complex and confusing film, bewildering perhaps. You 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 cannot review it without the analysis because if you just take it at face value without delving into all the symbolism and what it's actually trying to do it's very likely you won't know what's it's happening a, it's a, you'll do it a disservice interesting it's a rare movie yeah mm -hmm. movie you know films don't usually do that to you yeah, let's, like, let's take a moment to acknowledge that this has ch challenges its audience and gives absolutely. more questions than answers oh absolutely. yeah you definitely have to do some thinking mm. so should we do a vertical slice to get into this here what, sure what do you guys want to do here I think that taking a look at how broad this actually is uh, will sort of shed some light on <clears throat> just how complex this okay. movie is. All right. What, what, what's the top of this chain? Do you get it or do you want me to get it? Um, I can do the bottom or I can do the top. I'll do oh, the top just because oh, oh. I want to do the top. Go for it. All right. So on Metacritic, 100 from the playlist, Rodrigo Perez Enemy is a transfixing grand slam that certifies Villeneuve as the real deal and one of the most exciting new voices in cinema today. Bam. Mm. My man. That's that's pretty... That's, pr that's a lot of praise. Yeah, high praise. Um, so, Rene Rodriguez from the Miami Herald, she gave this a 25 <laughs> out of 100. Or that's what Metacritic assigned her rating. And hers is not kind. It says the movie is the sort of picture in which people run around doing everything except the most logical thing to do. Because that's the only way to keep the nonsensical plot spinning. Okay. Sounds like... Uh, <laughs> sounds like they someone... They didn't get it. I guess. Or which is, like which so is fine. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're looking for a, a traditional plot, it's... I don't. I think yeah. Like they must be missing the point. There's another one down here, like at a thick at a thirty that says, "And it from time it says enemy is an arid parable in which actors are neutered, zombified. They signify themes rather than occupying personalities." 
I'm, I immediately would have to disagree with you. I think that Gyllenhaal is incredible at depicting two drastically different individuals. And, and, and playing those two different individuals when they're trying to be each, each other. other. Like th that, at that point, I don't even know how you do that as an actor. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, hmm. you, well, you're playing the other version of the character, but he's trying to act like his, his opposite. I have to, I mean, I, I can address that, but... I kind of disagree with that statement, because neither one of them really tries to be the other, except in look. I, I disagree with you. I think that um, there's a lot going on with tr trying to be, people trying to be others, and I, if I could say what... Uh, well, no, I agree that there there's a lot of that going on, but in the actual scenes where they're have swapped places which happens in the movie by the way that's what i'm talking neither about. one of them are acting like the other they're acting like themselves in that spot okay so i have to ask the question are there two people well that's what we can get into i i, I say let's go around the room first though I mean that's that's some analysis. You're you're talking we, about analysis. We have to get into that. Yeah. Well, you really do to look at yeah to but talk I, about I, what I, happens I, in the movie. We have to I, sort I, of I want to get, get into the, that. I guess I want to get the temperature of the room though. So, Red, what do you think of Enemy? I really like it. Mm -hmm. I remember when I saw it the first time. I thought, "Gee, I'm gonna have to see that again because I'm not quite sure what was going on." There's some really sort of crazy maybe symbolism happening or maybe not i'm not sure what's going on there you, you was like a the, giant spider i think the spider might mean something? something yeah maybe the spiders like um but there's so much more to it um and so when you re on repeat viewings you know you can really get into this um this, there's this movie the, is so fun to watch the final scene so one thing that i i that about this movie that i really found interesting was the final scene, there's, I'm not going to spoil anything just yet, but some people have described it as horrifying, like the most horrifying moment they've ever seen on film. And Well, if you have a, if you have a, fro a phobia of a certain thing, then yeah. It, well, there's a whole bunch. Like, it's great. But it, this is like a crazy psychological... I, I love this movie, <laughs> and I like it more. Uh, the second time? The second time. Yeah. I'm and now that I have this theory that I think explains it, that you guys can help me, you can decide what you think and let me know. I won't until we get to spoilers, mm -hmm. but uh, boy, it's good. Villeneuve, is, uh, he's right up there so on you, my list. So you would probably agree with the top of the vertical slice then, you know? If, if you, the grand slam? Well, not necessarily that, but the second half of that top review. Lay it on me again. Um where it certifies that uh, Villeneuve is the real deal and one of the most exciting new voices in cinema today. Yeah, I think as an early agree. film, yeah. Hence, th there's this thing called Blade Runner 2 that's happening right now. Like, yeah. So that, this that, is, that like, is an oh. insanely true statement right there. Like, Enemy kind of put him on the map, and then Prisoners, several months before this... Because Blade Runner's so good because of the psychological play, right? Like, mm -hmm. what's going oh, on good with Lord. Deckard? So that Villeneuve in this is so effective at doing what he does. If if what's happening is what I think is happening, yeah. this is yeah. What, I'm what, so into this. When when, when I when I when I, this. when I think of Blade Runner two, I think of enemy, and I think of what 
Denny Villeneuve is doing here. And I think just do that in 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 Neo Los Angeles. Just like, just make enemy in Los Angeles with cyborgs. Just enemy do, do that. Prisoners. You give me those two, and then you tell me you're gonna like. Well, you I'll got, let you sort of make. You got Sicario as well. Yeah, just toss that in there. I'll let you make whatever. And then you want. we got Arrival coming later this year. So, mm-hmm. Mike, interesting. What, what do, do you think? What do you think of Enemy? Uh, I thought it was a very well crafted thriller. Like the, the psychological elements, it, it, it's fantastic. Uh, I'm gonna get some flack for this. I'm not sure that I like Villeneuve's movies though. Ooh, you were a huge fan of Sicario, weren't I, you? Well, I thought it was a great film, but I'm never gonna watch it again. Like Prisoners or Prisoner, Prisoners. I, I've watched that and I really enjoyed it too. But I'm I don't know if I'll ever like. I'm not sure I like them, but I really appreciate what hmm. they are. Um, so I I don't know if I can explain myself that no, well I, with that. Like you, he they're good movies, but they're I not will movies always, you want to rewatch. I will always watch his movies. I think like any new one that comes out because I appreciate them, but they may not go into my library. Like I might. Hmm. I'm I don't know. I'll probably down the down the road. I'll want to watch them again. You are going to get some flack for this. <laughs> yeah, because this movie is so good. Not to mention that it has Toronto in it, so just the whole time I so feel I at think, home. Well, and I think Red and I are going to be extremely biased, at least adding a point five at the least <laughs> to this score, just based on the fact that we're like from Skyline. Toronto. And, and, and I, will, I, will, I will, for the record, Toronto is not this smoggy. I don't know what they're doing, but it's the yellowest. Dude, Nicholas Bolduke, or however you say his name, he is in love with yellow. Like I was gonna, so I was hard. gonna comment on the color palette of this thing. Like it is so desaturated. Sepi- sepia and, is that how you say? It? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, th- I think what it is with villain of stuff is he pairs up the visuals, and, and it's always seems it always seems to be a slow burn. Like even in Sicario, it just it's a constant tension throughout the entire thing that he maintains so well. So I just find them very tiring to watch. Hmm. Like I, my nerves are like in Sicario. I was saying my nerves were frayed. And the way he pairs it with the score, always being a little dissident, dissonant, and so you don't like the oboes. <laughs> well, I, I, in, I think in, it in just, anime, the I think the thing is with films, I typically like to watch them to escape, and these, I I love them, but they are an ordeal for me to watch because they drain me. It's interesting that you say that, and especially when watching this one, because one reviewer that I read, I think from Slate. He said that this would resonate most with 30-something males because of the subject matter, that it's about sort of identity and, and individuality and, and how it's affected by others and specifically by, by females. <laughs> so that's interesting that this is, you know, we're right in, the, in that, we're right in that demographic. demographic. Like, we're hit hardest by this. Yeah, I could see women, some women not really appreciating some of the- the the you know the the men in this movie don't act well the I, I have I can't really say anything about my theory until we get into spoilers like okay. I have words okay. to refer to characters okay. but okay. I can't even name them because it would give away some um, spoilery stuff so actually so TLDR yeah I really like the movie that's it that's that that's basically Sweet. what it boils oh, down okay. to okay. I really I really like the movie it's just I'm not I probably won't do repeat watching. Well, this one I might because it warrants it, but you love it, but you're not in love with it. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I am in love with anime <laughs> distance five. <laughs> so the first time I saw this, uh, it absolutely blew my mind. I, 
I like to my I, I like to think of myself as a harsh critic. Um, you know, I'm not one who's just like, yeah, you know what, whatever, I'll just deal. You know, movie's good enough. It's good enough. Like I, especially uh, the ending of movies. You got to get me at the end. You really, if, if you want, if you want Scott Wilson to like your movie, then Enemy is your jam. Well, just <laughs> give me a sick ending. Leave me on a note where I go, fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, well, I think what everybody says when they walk out of this one is the same three words, right? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what I said when I watched it. Jake Gyllenhaal's name came up. I was like, what the shit? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, let, I'll fill you in. Okay, we can get into all that. I, I, I adore this movie. Like I said, I'm biased because uh, as a Torontonian, as a greater Toronto Aryan uh, what? Okay. What? Damn. Let's do, let's go back a Rewind. bit on that. Wait a minute. And coming down in three, two, one. As a uh, resident of the Greater Toronto Area, the GTA, or uh, if you will. <laughs> Damn. The six. You know. Four one. Yeah, I don't dig that. Four we, one six. We never called it the six. No, it's by the T-O. way, T O. It was never the six. Back Big in smoke. The um. Was it so Hogtown? Was it the T dot when you were there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cardinal Official made it the T dot. <sighs> Uh, I have to ask you: Is the the attire that Jake Gyllenhaal sports in this movie is that like a, a teacher's? Is that accurate? Like the wool tie? <laughs> you could, I guess, wear that. He wears khakis and like a frumpy white shirt with like a yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah woven wool tie. Um. So yeah, as you guys said, you can't really get into this movie without spoilers. Yeah. Um. But overall, I thought that this whole movie hangs on Jake Gyllenhaal's performance. And it's one of the best spectacular. My, one of the yeah. best um, sort of dual performances I've ever seen in a movie. Mm-hmm. And and like I was saying earlier, you kind of disagree with it. The fact that they don't act differently when it may not be that the actor version of Jake Gyllenhaal acts any differently, but the teacher version of Big Time Jake Gyllenhaal attempts to act like the actor version. Which is interesting that he's an actor. Know. It's a very interesting choice that his alter ego happens to be an actor. I thought they were so like who Villeneuve, has who ha, who plays other people and has alter egos. Yeah, but Anthony, as an actor, but Anthony, the actor, doesn't try and disguise who he is at all when he's with Melanie. He is just him. Like that's what I'm trying to talk, to point out. Like he is not acting at being this frumpy school teacher. He's I can very, explain this. I have okay. an explanation. Okay. Well, no, no, okay. and, and I, I do too. But mm. like, just in the scenes, I disagree that they're trying to act mm-hmm. like one another. I can ask so two questions to you guys before we get into spoilers, and maybe to our listeners as well to get the wheels spinning. Uh, there's two lines of dialogue in the movie that would be confusing if you haven't thought about them. One is when the mother tells Adam, the teacher, that he should stop trying to be an actor. Mm-hmm. And the second one is later in the film when Adam's, sorry, Anthony's wife says to him, how was school today? Helen says that, right? Helen says to Adam, how, how was school today? Mm-hmm. Which is strange. That's an or, am- I love that it? line. I love that line. So those two lines are strange if you, if you're, if you haven't thought about them or if, Maybe you have thought about them. Maybe, guys, you can fill me in with some answers. Well, it, that's that's a nice way to get into spoilers. You think, right? Is that is that what you're trying to do here? Maybe I'm trying to push. Yeah, it we hard. really we yeah. It's hard to discuss the theories of what the hell's actually going on without spoiling this mm, movie for so. sure. So, spoilers 
for Enemy, starting right now. Rosebud. Rosebud. So let's start with the opening quote. Well, even before that. Okay. We could start with, uh, oh, you mean the opening text on the screen? Yeah. The opening quote is, chaos is order yet undeciphered, which only see, only serves to complicate matters, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. That quote is at odds with a lot of what we see in the movie. I don't... I think it describes so, the film perfectly. Yeah. You, this okay, is you, why a second you, viewing is so important. When I look back at my notes and I see what I what I wrote down, like what I learned as I went... And then look at where I got to at the end. Everything is perfect. I mean, I guess it's just that that quote could be applied to almost any movie in a way. Like, you know, like, oh, you know, our character will find order in the chaos in the end. Mm. You know, like it's also straight from the novel. It it doesn't seem to serve this, the the theme of the, the, the film, which to me is a character living a double life. Well, and I think I'm not sure it's meant to serve the theme so much as it the actual physical construction of the film, I thought. Mm-hmm. Because it is very chaotic if you take it at face value. Is it sort of like, buckle your seatbelt? Is yeah. that what that's saying? Yeah, basically. And and if you do t- analyze it, like this is just begging to be picked apart and reordered. Uh, and then things start to fall into place and they make more sense. And I, I actually, I feel that there could be a few different theories um, that would make perfect sense. Denis Villeneuve said that he knows, he knows, obviously he made it, but I would accept a few different ones. Mm-hmm. Um, which I love about it. So what is the secret room that we get at the beginning? What is going on in here? So that's this is some sort of strip club. Well, it's men only. It's only, a sex club. It, yeah. It's a sex club. Okay. There's strippers and uh, they are, there's strippers, right? Just jilling off. And then mm-hmm. one lady brings out a spider on a Tarantula. silver platter and we see a the stripper in high heels like move her foot slowly towards it as though she's going to step on it. Yeah, she went into Buzz's room and got <laughs> the tarantula out of uh, the cage. Yeah. We see also at this sex club that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is there. He's looking at, he's as, watching this uh, happen. Yeah, as Anthony, like, because he's got a wedding ring on. He's going like this. Yes, it is Anthony. Um, so Anthony the actor. Anyone who hasn't seen this film and is listening to this, you're going to be so fucking confused. Yeah, you need to see it. Well, I don't know why you would be. Yeah, like... Um, So, this film... I remember the first time I was like, I wonder what this movie's about. And then when I I looked into it, I was like, what does Villeneuve mean when he says it's about repetition or when he says it's about this or that? And then watching it again, it it was... There was one key Villeneuve quote where he said... The movie is a man who decides to leave his mistress and go back to his pregnant wife, told from the subconscious his point of view. Wow, he just came out and said it like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that. Dim, that almost diminishes your own movie. Almost like I know that's what it makes it so much. I mean, it, like, does that take a bit of the magic away? That takes a bit of the no, because you the get sort to of a, ambiguity. The the magic of ambiguity is lost now. But is it? That's, that's so specific. That is so specific. It is. Right? It, it, it definitely is. Like, that is a specific plot thread that's like, oh, there's no other interpretations that you can have here. This is why he did X, and that's why Y happened. 
Uh, I don't know if it necessarily gives motivations. It it's uh, sort of good, quick, okay, synopsis maybe, but it doesn't explain. Like, there's a lot of great, um, like it's the question. It answers. It looks at a, the question uh, of if the same things happen, how do you avoid making the same mistakes? Or it looks at it. It really looks at repetition deeply. I'm not talking into the mic. Um, or it looks at different ways. It, it's it's you get still a lot of interesting play with theme, and you can look at a lot of interesting questions with that as the base for everything. Repetition, yeah, repetition. Like there's a scene where you see the uh, Anthony, sorry, not Anthony, Adam doing the, the bread and circuses. Yeah, he does that speech. twice. They yeah, show that twice, and, and and the second time you see him doing the bread and circuses sort of lecture he's clearly less engaged he literally says in that lecture it is important to remember this is a pattern that repeats throughout history Mm -hmm. and then you hear him say that again so he's what is the significance he's talking about like bread and circuses being a distraction like this is how dictatorships yes distract their populace well there's a there's a theory about this where the spiders that are crawling over the city are like the actual dictators of of the humans below. I disagree with that. That's just silly. Yeah, I'm not with that either. I th- what did you... Well, I would say the spiders... We'll go into another theory. I think the spider represents specifically his wife and his life with his wife. Um, because in the opening scene, there's this sex club that he's at, and he's sort of going with it, and the stripper steps sort of on the spider and that mm. sort of when he decides it seems like he's going to leave his wife um, because that happened six months ago in the story um, and the times that we see the spider like there's the one time with the, the half naked woman walking down the wall with a spider head. unbelievable upside down that's yeah. sort, yeah. That's yeah. sort that's of that's in ha- Adam's dream that's sort of halfway through so he's still thinking about the sexual side of things but now he's focusing a little more on his wife so part of her shows up in that dream the spider head and right before the whole trip at the end where uh, Anthony crashes the car, we see the giant spider walking over the city. So to me, that signified that the wife is actually winning. So Adam is becoming a little more powerful and he's thinking more about the web that he is now caught in, which is family life and the oppression that he's feeling based on that. I agree with you. Um, So I think wholly the spider is his wife. Hmm. I would generalize because... Well, and the life with his wife. If we think that the two, if Adam and Anthony are like two sides of a coin, like id and e, super ego. Uh, Where's ego? Uh, he's not in. <laughs> he's not in there. We yeah. don't get to see him. <clears throat> but uh, it's, um, I just I think that the the spiders are anxieties about women in general because so his girlfriend. Who I wrote down at the beginning. I was like, the relationship between Hall and his girlfriend is unclear. But then I later realized, I was like, that's because it's There's not, not much of a his girlfriend. That's like, that's Anthony's mistress who he's cheating yeah, on. Yeah, and he has a separate with. apartment with nothing in it. Yeah. Because he just literally rents this empty apartment to just to have To have sex. a purely sexual relationship yeah. with this woman who who is Like, it's an just a, be- a bed and a kitchen. Yeah, it's an outlet. So, like, I think that the spider at the beginning that the hooker is or the stripper is stepping on like that's his infidelity or his like indulging his sexual impulses is how he 
uh, sort of avoid, he, he fights back at the webs or he like crushes spiders, you know, sex crushes spiders basically. Um, which also goes in line with the, the web that his wife and the the baby is now throwing on him too. Well, that's the whole thing, yeah. right? And that's why the web, is, the scale is the whole city because his whole life is going to be taken over by the web that this pregnant woman is now casting. Or when his mistress wants to be more romantic or like whatever, the web is there. And he has dreams with anxieties about women controlling him. So he sees this naked woman's body with a spider's head. So I think that I, I, I almost completely agree with you. I just think that the so spiders are, are females. Yeah. It's fa- anxieties about females. But so where's yeah, the, where's the dictatorship that. though? Uh, well, so I think that ties into what, what, what he's talking about is that dictatorships use entertainment to control. That, and like that where t- is I don't where is it's that? It's not the theme. Isn't dictatorship? The theme is control. I would say if we're, you're it's, asking where the dictator is, I'm going to say it's Anthony because he is uh, distracting with uh, sex and uh, everything he, and he, the indulgences. He, can I can I move into uh, the guy who at, tells him about the movie? Says where there's a will, there's a way. His that's, coworker. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I I love that line. Yeah. that's true. Like he's just trying to be cheerful. Yeah. Is and there just, a reason why you're suggesting a movie? So, so weird, right? The bread and circuses, entertainment, distractions, mm-hmm. a distraction like a 2005 direct to DVD comedy starring Daniel St. Clair as a bellhop number three. Yeah, a distract a bread and circus. It's, it's called um like that. What's the name of the movie again? Where there's a will, there's a way. That's it. That's true. So, who is this guy that tells him about this movie? Like, we don't really. He's just his coworker. Yeah. Like, who is this guy? Is this another teacher? He's just. Another why does teacher. he tell him? Why does he tell him to see this? Well, if we're going on the whole idea that it's in the subconscious, which Denis Villeneuve basically said, and the poster shows that the entire city is in his head. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and there's also an attack of the fifty foot late women poster in the movie. Yeah. Um, if we go by that, then maybe it's at this point that he's trying to change his way. Like he's gone long enough because it's been six months since his wife got pregnant. And it sounds like from that, it, they've been on the rocks since then. Yeah, he also hasn't been to the film studio in six months. Yeah. Um, or so, the talent agency. So I just see that as his subconscious trying to be like, okay, you know, you got to start working this out. And I see Adam as the repressed individual. Anthony has fully like taken over his life and is like just distracting him and so his sensible side adam is just living in this stark world at the moment like he's he's been pushed down so when he starts to see and investigate like what the hell's going on here you see the him start to gain more power over it and that's what and at the end when he decides to go back to the wife or stays at the wife i I think that's where the significance lies well, I don't know what I'm trying to say with that. <laughs> like, like he, he has taken over. Anthony dies in a car crash. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. And that happens at the exact... So that's, that's an like, important that's scene. That's like Tyler Durden putting a bullet through his yeah, head. Yeah. But that's a really, really important scene because the mistress is in that car as well. So I think both of these two guys are fighting for a realization. Like they both are trying to be the the main character of this guy adam or anthony whatever you want to call him. we don't find out how many people died in the car wreck we don't there is we don't even think i don't even think there is a car wreck. there is you can see flashing police well lights and therefore before before anything and there's a radio broadcast that says that gets turned off before we hear we hear how many people died so i'm guessing that one person was in the car 
I don't think that the I don't think there's anybody in there. Yeah, it's like not it's, real. Um and and with the crash there, there's this there there are flashing police lights under the Gardner Expressway. So during yeah, but, the when the broadcast is happening, they're flashing police lights where the accident happened. I know, but I mean the entire thing is not real. Like it's all in the subconscious, right? Yeah. Okay, um, but that's like, uh, like, I'm on that team. I I, I yeah, but what, what, what I guess where where does reality come into it? I guess it never does. I don't think any of this happens in reality. Yeah, no, Cause, none. Because when Adam wakes up and he's like, "Wait a second. Like he watched the whole movie, didn't catch the bellhop. He wakes up. He's like, "Wait." He goes back to his laptop. When he's standing in his apartment, his eyes start to glow in a very weird way. I was like, "What the hell?" Like there's there's re- light reflection. I think from probably from the laptop, but it just looks so surreal, like some Blade Runner. Yeah, like he's almost like he's not human. Like um, he's a he's a replicant with the glowing eyes. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm. Um, it's I'm, just I, I I thought it was interesting because when he watches the film the first time, he just watches it and nothing happens. And then he goes to sleep. He just goes to bed, and it's then when he wakes up from a dream or may not. So um, I think that's to underline that the subconscious is a a, a theme in this movie. Mm-hmm. But I mean, his subconscious is did, what did he did he dream he was even in the movie? Do you know what I mean? Like, so I think that there's like, I I wrote next to the the spider naked spider lady, spiderception because <laughs> all this like dream stuff is like within the sub. It's, it's the dreams the of dreams. one side of a subconscious. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's all wacky, weird stuff I mean, going on. You start to get the idea. Like they have the same handwriting, right? Like they have the same scar. Like it's not they're they are the same person. Which mm-hmm. I I will say like this when i went into this movie i was expecting it to be a lot more sci-fi than it is and normally that would like just because of my sci-fi bias probably unfair that would knock the movie down a bit if How, it didn't live up to those expectations well just because i'm such a sci-fi yeah, 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 nerd yeah, yeah. oh I, I hear you I, I would say oh man it's sort of like i said off the top here there it, it's so Denis Villeneuve's explanation for this movie is so specific and leaves so little room for ambiguity it's it kind of feels deflating but it isn't because this movie is it's so it is so such a psychological. But it's it's so fun to watch, in my opinion. Like I, I was just having a, a blast just sitting through this. Like it's just the way the oboe just coaxes you into this hypnotic. You're floating over the city. I, I don't know. I just the movie makes up for that. The fact that I would maybe knock it down a peg. Just the the style alone is it just makes up for it, and how it's awesome, and, and how a much of a head fuck it is. So and it it doesn't treat the audience, the you know. S- yeah, I love when you talk about the style, the way that it it shows these, it hints at these control or controls or controlling elements of people's lives. So like the spiders are there, yes, but there's also the streetcar wires. There's also like yeah. the busy highways of Toronto. There's also like uh, it's. You just get when when he's talk it, it it all ties together so neatly when he's talking about the the con, you know the dictatorships use entertainment to control and then he's stuck in this that, that there's another web that he's stuck in you know he's like the daily grind like that's webs spiders catch things in webs unaware and then they like get caught right you can't move you're stuck so he's stuck in this web of day to day with his his girlfriend but turns out that it's there's a lot more to it so tim tim had a theory about this that it was a uh 
a time overlap. Like, okay, like time, like he the you know the Jake Gyllenhaal from six months ago was somehow like time was overlapping, and he's sort of caught in his own web of lies. It's like imagine if you know the, something you did, you know, a year ago or six months ago was ha- sort of happening at the same time as your own reality, and you're sort of intersecting with this other version of you from six months ago when you were with someone else. Well, I, I could buy that, but also in the subconscious, because I don't think everything's happening real time in the film. Yeah, there's... Well... Because hmm. right at the start, well, hmm. so some of it seems like it's real time, but if you take it into a different context, it seems like it's maybe hit the subconscious remembering things. Um, what I'm talking about specifically here is... After that quote, we get a phone call from his mom talking about how he how can he live like that in that terrible place, which means to me anyway that he and his wife have had their falling out, so he's now moved out and he's in that place. Um, but we get the scene where he's at his mom's place and she's talking about his nice. Uh, maybe not. Maybe maybe she's just trying to tell him to go back to his nice. I love I love that scene with his mother because the on a first run through of this movie when you when you might think that they're two different people, you aren't sure who is at. It's uh, yeah, you're like it, uh, the the blueberry. You're just somewhat uncertain. Oh, the, yeah, I don't the, like blueberries. The, the blueberry you clue do. is what gives away who may be at her you know, visiting mother that day, and both of them went. Like later on, you hear Helen say, "Did you go visit your mom today?" But or the, something like that. The blueberries like that. line tells you what's going on because uh, she serves him blueberries and he says, I don't like blueberries. And she says, of course you do. And that shows that he's repressing things. Yeah. So Anthony, or sorry, Adam isn't the whole story. He's just, that's his, he's, you know, he's part of being it. a different person, essentially. Yeah, trying and to... he's, he's really sick. He doesn't even know. It's uh, it's kind of crazy, and that explains why his wife looks so worried at him. Yeah, like, all absolutely, the, all the, the time. whole time. Um, when she's sitting on the bench with him, yeah, she's like, I think, yeah, oh, that scene, she's just really sad that it's he doesn't a recognize brilliant her. Performance, and then later on the couch when she's talking to him and she says, "What's happening?" I think you know the the scene on the on the bench though at at the school. I, I thought is amazing because, and, and it's 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 frustrating in a way because you have the shot where he, I, I got to go back inside. And then as soon as him. he's out of frame, she, she phones him as as Adam is walking towards the doors. She phones Anthony, and Anthony only picks up the phone when Adam exits frame when yep. he goes behind a you know a concrete wall. Yeah, it's very obvious. It's very obvious, somewhat frustrating in a way because it's you know what I mean. There, there's they know that that is in a, a way that you're going to be able to sort of maybe. Cl- suss out a clue or something comes so they they uh, they still keep it a- as vague as they can mm-hmm. by keeping that off screen i even actually thought when i was looking at the angles in that shot that we don't see it but i'm almost not convinced that she wouldn't she, be able to she may have bench. seen it or hear it yeah like she hear him so that, hey babe he's just okay you're just i know where you are you're 30 feet away from me <laughs> yeah yeah you're fucking asshole uh and that, that scene sort of go it it it, it goes back to this to the earlier scene where they meet in a hotel room right where the, their first meeting together is in a hotel room why in the name of god would you meet a complete stranger inside of a hotel room like why would you book a hotel room and then meet them in it yeah he's unless there's something wrong with him you are the same person 
It's a very telling, like, there's no one else around when they meet. They can't just meet in public. That's very key that they don't just meet at the, you know, at the Sky Dome for a fucking hot dog and go to a Jays game. They meet in a secluded hotel room alone with no other eyes upon them. So it's sort of like, I guess, a Tyler Durden situation, Ed Norton. And I found stuff like that very interesting um, when it came to lighting the, the shots. Oh. Like, there was a lot of instances where it was very, very dark. Like, what person... Unless you know you are in the subconscious, what person would keep it so dark when you're interacting with with maybe unknown elements? Like maybe you guys like to be in the dark a lot. I don't know, but what they didn't turn on any of the lights in that hotel room, and it was dark. I think they do like, that in most movies uh, just to look cool. I suppose, but like it, it yeah, I don't know. It just seemed everything was much darker than it needed to be and i think that obviously that was on purpose but i think it serves to try and point it's, out denny villeneuve is obsessed with sick lighting as, as you can probably fair tell enough, yeah. fair enough but the, again the the cinematographer nicholas bolduke is obsessed with yellow yeah it's true like it's I, crazy yeah i dig it to keep that color tone it looked good throughout the this, entire it, thing it fit um if if i can go back to the opening text that you mentioned that chaos is order yet undeciphered Right? Yeah, that's sort of like the theme. That's like the slogan of the Vertical Viewing Podcast. And then, Michael, you said it perfectly describes... It's a great opening. It perfectly describes the tone. I think it's also a great... Like, the the ending, if you will, is a, they bookend. The beginning and the end are great because it ties it all together. I said here in my notes that Spider-Helen is the piece that finally deciphers the chaos. Yeah. Yeah, because if huh. if you didn't get that, the meaning of the spiders throughout the film might not be quite as clear. Mm-hmm. Like people talk about that scene as being horrifying, right? So so unexpected. So what happens is um, she comes out of the shower. Adam Adam is uh, yeah. Helen comes out of the shower, and Adam has taken over Anthony's life. Anthony has crashed in the car with the mistress. Her, her name is Helen Bell, by the way. Did That's you great in the credits? Hmm. She's listed as Helen Bell. Yeah. That's great because he is Professor Bell, right? The St. Clair's his yeah. mother pointed out that's his, yeah. his silly attempt at being an actor. But um, so Helen gets out of the shower. She's said things like, I want you to come back or I want you to stay or whatever. Um, so Adam has finally succeeded in realization. He's conquered the Anthony side of him, which is symbolized in the car crash. And we see, uh, you know, another bit of control there with the spider web in the glass. But um, as he's, he, we've also seen him cry at the same time as this is happening. He was, he, we've just seen him crying and being like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And we're like, what's going on? And then she gets out of the shower and he gets the, he puts on a jacket and notices the, the package is in his pocket, which has been throughout the movies, had this package. And so he, he, he has gone to what he thought was Daniel St. Clair's office, you know, the, the, uh, the talent agency. Yeah. And, hey, we have a package for you, Anthony. Yeah. So he finally, this has been from the beginning, is, right? He thinks he's yeah, got right some He thinks he's got some package that isn't for him. And, so, it, and it is. He's just been know? told by the guy in the elevator that the sex club has new locks on the doors. So who so is he this opens guy? Up with he's just some Somebody guy. that Anthony took with him Yeah, to the club. He, I think he's just a doorman that was friendly, and Anthony was probably like, yeah. or Adam, I guess, at the time. Because I don't think Anthony was Anthony yet. Was Anthony yet. But um, so he opens up the parcel. There's a black envelope. He opens up the black envelope. There's a crazy secret key in it. 
Okay. And then he starts going, he starts going, Helen, Helen, hey, Helen, do you have plans tonight? Because I think I have to go out. And she's not answering. And then when you know something's up. And then when he goes around the corner and looks in the room, it's a massive, Helen has been transformed into a massive tarantula. The size of the like whole the bedroom, size of the, the size room. of the entire room. She rears up in fear. Yeah, she like scuttles back into the rear, into the back of the room, and then we see a look on his face of sort of like resigned acceptance. He does yeah. accept that, and then it's over. His wife is a tarantula, and so <laughs> what I think is happening there is that so he finally overcame all those negative aspects of himself, right? Only to have it. He repeat. realized himself as the good part and then the key immediately switched him back into Anthony his mode. infidelity way in, in his unfaithful ways of of Anthony St. Clair and uh and she recognizes that yeah she, she immediately recognizes that and because we're watching this take place in the subconscious and uh control systems are represented by spiders and webs when he goes around the corner and sees you know, the biggest control system or controller, possible controller being the pregnant wife, she is represented as a spider that is afraid of him because she knows, uh-oh, he's he's going to go out and... Do it again. Get some tail again. And he looks like that because he's like, I, this is what I do. He's evil Adam. Well, we, well, there's another quote earlier that talks about how... Um, history repeats it's all the great events happen twice and then somebody else added on first time it's tragedy the second time it's farce and so he's recognizing that it's farce now and he's just like oh well if this is it well i think you can maybe read that a little more hopefully if you want to where the resignation is accepting that he can't do that anymore and he's accepted this giant spider control we're just we're smashing this one wide open because I, I don't necessarily think it points just to him. Because Villeneuve said it's about him going back to his wife. Trying to. Try, well, yeah, that's true. Like, because he also said... The fact that he how has can, the How key. can we evolve and not repeat the same mistakes? But the whole thing is that he does repeat. Yeah. And he's, he just recognized... I think that... Does he run these weird sex clubs? It seems like he is a key... Literally... No, I think he, he would just have the key. He, they just give him the key, and, and this dude he invited is just it's, a friend or something? Just a, or? It's just a like imaginary place. It's an imaginary sex club where all his sexual needs and sexual but, urges but, but, are but met. But people outside of Jake Gyllenhaal's circle, like center, like the dude on the elevator has no reason to be part of his hallucination other than just because unless, sub- unless everything is he's in his subconscious right like everything that you encounter right would be in your subconscious they could all like all the guys could just be different aspects of his his subconscious as well I, it, just, it just seems that jake gyllenhaal has has a bit has some significance in the club somehow well, i didn't get that no i, I just, just i observer. just got that he sort of invited that bellman with him that one time i don't but why is the bellman asking him he because he got him in the first actually time. i don't know if he just invited him i think he might be like an agent of the sex club that like because this is a nice place so maybe he like his we don't know why they changed the locks either yeah it's some exclusive club you know you know that you're invited when you get a key a lot of that's unclear like to me yeah. that's that's like the Everything else has unfortunately been like spelled out by the director himself, and like spoilers ruined, Um, but in the best possible way. 
this stuff, the sex club stuff to me is still pretty unclear and, and unfocused. And I love it because it, it adds that extra spooky element to the entire movie, which just makes it even more unsettling and... Do you have any theories on the sex club, Mike? Other than it's just a sex club where he goes and has no, I just his, think oh, I think it would represent his needs his, met. Well, I think it represents his maybe sexual, let's say, deviance or infidelity is that he just can't express with his wife, um, or, or it, with it, his it, mistress, it is, or with his mistress. Like, is is he not? We have scenes where his mistress maybe he's being too rough with yeah, her. She's not even enough. And, 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 and I mean, are we not exploring that with yeah, her as well? well we, we need this other vice. He has two outlets. Like, you know what I mean? It isn't enough, I guess. Well, because he basically rapes the mistress. At like one he, point. At yeah. one point. Yeah. Um, so you're right. It She might not be enough for him. Okay. Um, And it seems like with the mistress thread, it seems almost like, that part of him is destroyed when Anthony tries to take it a little further, like make it a romantic weekend as opposed to just a she sexual notices the, tryst. Uh, that's when she notices the wedding ring yeah. mark on his finger. Yeah. Well, it feels like he takes her to the exact same room that he met. He did. Like yeah. they, were, they were in the same it's hotel. It's the same motel. Yeah. It looks like the same bedroom. Yeah. The exact same room, which yeah. is it just is another. Because 220 is across the hall when he opens the door and they were in 221. I mean, he probably, it's maybe, is it the same day? He's already booked yeah, it. Yeah, because he already same... had it booked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Christ Almighty! This movie's badass. It's deep. It goes deep, people. Oh my god! Remember, I think just uh, an episode ago or two, you had said that, like, you know, Fight Club really fucked the whole yeah split it's personality the Swiss, genre. The Swiss Army Man episode, but but this one does the whole split personality thing, and like, I fucking love it. Yeah. So Swiss Army Man isn't like Fight Club, but Enemy is. Yes. Sorry right. if that yeah. if I was unclear no you yeah you just said that comment on that episode um i did read somewhere that and i i noticed it after it was pointed out that there's a lot of use of numbers to create a message in the film subconsciously that it's the subconscious subconscious uh because uh what is it the number 73 is on his air conditioner. He was Oh, I saw this too. He's 72 kilograms. His work is 74. He goes to the parking spots at his house and there's like, 73, 74, 75 or whatever. Shit. Um 70 yeah, so like there's I can't believe I missed numbers. that. I I, I mean all, and when he looks up actually when he's looking at uh when Anthony is looking at Adam's work information at the college, there's um in the names and phone numbers and email addresses of all of the people on that website, random letters and numbers are just replaced with question marks. Yeah. For fuck's sakes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I was too busy looking for like phone numbers. I recognized. Yeah, I know. I, one theory about that was that, uh, there are things that Adam should know but is forgetting because Anthony's taking over. Well, that, to me, that's just like a dream. Like numbers don't work in dreams. And yeah, like, we, letters, we also have the same Batman, the animated series where episode. the numbers fall off the page, but that like, we've seen that, but have you, have you ever also like gone to bed and had a dream where you read? Like tr- I've tried to look at a clock in a dream. It's a fucking oh, digital joke. clock. It's a yeah, joke. Like, it is Whoa. a joke. You're, you're <laughs> fucked. You wake up. 
Well, you either wake nine up. Nine times out of ten, you'll wake up. I mean, I, I've had times where like, I know I'm in a dream because I, like, I look at the clock and I'm like, that's not going to do anything. Like, I'm, I'm angry because like, I want to know what time it is, but I'm in a dream. So I know whatever I, yeah, what whatever, you, whatever I look at the clock, it's not going to be right. Next, then. Because why would it? Flip on a switch, flip a light switch. That's a good one. If you, and then, look at your hands, apparently. Jake Gyllenhaal should have been doing all these things. Well, <laughs> you see, but it's in the subconscious, not necessarily a dream. So yeah. those same rules don't apply. It, it, that that movie sub- would have been so different. <laughs> if he's like, wait what a minute. He just starts, <laughs> this light's not turning on. I mean that is kind of what's happening. Like you're reading those listings, and there's question marks everywhere. Like the the the, the letters aren't making sense. Mm-hmm. These are all subtle clues. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess we kind of cracked that one wide open, guys. Yeah. See, I thought there might be a different interpretation, which I, I sort of wanted to explore, but I don't think yeah. so as much anymore. Because I kind of wanted it to be almost a reverse history sort of thing, whereas. Mm-hmm. We saw the lead up to the divorce or something or the breakup. And so Anthony was actually full on the aftermath and Adam was kind of leading up oh. to that. I, so I never finished. Exp- sorry to cut you off. No, no, that's fine. That, that's basically all it was, was that Anthony was the repeat because the story we watched was telling both at the same time where mm-hmm. he did cheat on his wife and then he gets the key again, repeats it, and then he's kicked out and yeah. Anthony takes over. But. So I never explained yeah. why I think she, the the spider is scared. Why why the spider backs away from him? Okay, so the big spider, Helen, Spider Helen. We got to wrap it up though here. Okay, so Spider Helen underlines this theme of repetition. If Adam kills Anthony, then the sex club key brings Anthony back. Helen is suspicious of this claim that he has plans for that night. So the controller spider thing is afraid of being squashed like the one on the plate in the sex club mm-hmm. at the at beginning. The because that's what and, sex does. Sex we, squashes spiders, I, as I, I said earlier. The first shot of that's the movie... Unfa- unfaithful sex <laughs> squashes but the, spiders. But the very first shot of the movie is Helen's pregnant, naked body, I think, isn't it? Yep. Yes. And then we get the then spider to, scene. Oh, do you know what? Also, yeah. um, very, very quick side note. The giant spiders look just like the spider sculpture outside of the Royal Ontario Museum. They Ottawa. are. They are the... And do you know what that sculpture is called? No. Mother spider. Ooh. That's super deep shit. Bam. Seriously. Like, if, if you look that up, like, Royal... Royal Ontario Museum? No, no that's no, no. Ontario. That's uh, Toronto. It's the... Just look Art up. Gallery of Canada. That might be it. It's, it's in Ottawa. It's still there. It's a gigantic spider sculpture. When I first it's saw so the trailer, cool. when I saw the trailer for Enemy, I, I recognized it immediately. Me too. If you're an art person from Ontario, you know that shit. It's a striking sculpture. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. it's a kind of a nice little no, like nod to the Canadian art scene, I guess. Yeah. Uh, numbers. EV numbers. Scott Wilson is giving this a nine point five out of ten. Uh, you can see right here. Nine out of ten from Red. Mike, Pressure's on. Lay it on us. It's going to be harsh. I think I'm going to go with eight and a half. Oh. <laughs> like, that's a phenomenal score. That is a phenomenal, you know, it's among the top end of what we give out around here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, everybody, this movie's a masterpiece. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's, it's very good. It says something that you can have the mystique sort of ripped away and still love it so much. 
Yeah. I, and like I said, it's a ball to watch. It's super fun to watch this movie and have the... just. I love soaking up this... Um, it's like a shot of whiskey or something. Well, I will be watching it again because I, I watched it and my girlfriend was sort of doing other things and she only caught bit, bits of it. And she's like, okay, I, that's interesting. I want to watch it. So I will be going back into it for the second viewing now that we've picked it apart. And I'm sure I'm just probably going to love it more. You guys okay. have both seen it a couple of times, right? Yeah. This is like so, my yeah. third time. It gets better and better. It does. I'm, I am I respect that you still gave it that score, knowing that you don't like Denny Villeneuve's work, and it, well, no, it, it puts you off. I appreciate. Like, I understand it's great, and I see everything good about it, but for some reason it's just uh, not like my, do-do-do-do-do, uh, what do I want to watch today? It's, sort of it's, yeah. That's what I do when yeah. I think of Denny Villeneuve. I, <laughs> I skipped. I, yeah, I play hopscotch. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, Tweet that to the (laughs) next week. We are unfortunately uh, reviewing Ghostbusters, Uh, or maybe fortunately, it's getting getting sort of middling reviews. What do we go in? What kind of attitude do we go in with, guys? I think that the really low expectations is a good, pretty much all the time, right? Yep, I I have no expectations. Uh, I was not a fan of the trailers. I'm really hoping that the film is actually better than the trailers have led me to believe it Mm -hmm. is. And that's that's it. Like as long as it's better than those trailers were for me, I'll be happy. Okay, that's fair. I just hope it's not poop from a butt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm actually. It's yeah. I'm there with you. This season, other than a couple of exceptions, has been really shit. This whole this whole year, guys, 2016. Yeah, like there's been a couple of gems, but pretty bad. Pretty you, bad. Normally, the blockbusters are at least serviceable, aren't Dude, they? Last year, at this point, we had some gems of jam, like Mad Max and Ex Machina had blown our tr- like brains out of the back of our head. We got nothing like I'm that. I'm still kind of recovering from. We Mad got Max. Midnight Special and Swiss Army Man. Uh, Civil, where, War, Civil War was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Where can we find you guys on the internet? I am at Jared underscore Sergeant. I am at Michael R. Lind on Twitter, and uh, I think it's at Miguel Lind on Instagram. Okay, that's starting up soon, guys. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be having an inst- uh, vertical viewing Instagram account where we will take pictures of Us microphones, yeah. and mixer boards, and oh, no, headphones. Come on. come on, that's boring. The fun time fun times we have on. Uh, we'll just take videos while we're recording and put them up. No, so. just draw cool. Uh, we can do that too, man. We can do that just too. Draw cool comic book heroes and sexy space chicks with laser guns yeah you can okay. you're good at those okay. i'll draw yeah. doodles yeah. of like people putting their middle fingers up <laughs> nice all right one sexy space chick with laser guns. i am uh, i am on twitter at scott wilson bc that's with two l's the show is at vertical viewing vertical viewing at gmail.com please send us your thoughts and recommendations uh please let us know what old movies we should review not that enemies old but uh, in lieu of reviewing Mike and Dave need wedding dates and the secret life of pets, we thought we'd give this one to y'all. Yeah, this is something that people should actually see. Please seek this one out. Uh, our website is verticalviewing.com. Weird noises. Uh, <laughs> click on the donate button. You can help us keep the lights on and offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show. Uh, help us fly in some guests. Yeah, right. We need, um, who are we getting next? Paul Feig, right? He's coming on next week. Yeah, I think uh, Paul Feige. Favreau, I've got, uh, you got Fa- I'm in talks Paul with Mr. Right, Favreau. This is all good, guys. Uh, go to iTunes if you want. Leave us a recipe. Lasagna is the dish of the mm. week. Yeah, make it unique. 
We need, we want a unique lasagna. Like mix it up, like a sushi lasagna. Like I said off the top. That's a crazy idea. Any final thoughts, fellas? Um, Jake Gyllenhaal is amazing. That's yeah. that's my final thought. He's he, a great this is, actor. This was like Prisoners, and this were kind of that double uh, roundhouse kick and punch to the head. And you said, "Oh shit, I'm fucking dizzy." And Jake Gyllenhaal's the man. And then Southpaw. And then Southpaw. What? But then you had Nightcrawler. Yes, you had night. You actually had prisoners, enemy, nightcrawler. Night but then Southpaw. And then Southpaw, which is ironically that right. Like hook, a, the, the hook didn't land. Lancing blow. Yeah, it wasn't good. That's eh, all right. Michael Caine's a great actor, and he was in the last uh, Witch Hunter or whatever. So hmm. okay. everyone has their own little. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, well, Shia LaBeouf was in Transformers. Uh, that'll do it for the show, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can just name actors in movies yeah, now. That, that's that are what terrible. I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, Thank you for putting us in your ears. Yes, I guess I guess we know what to do, right? Yeah, please keep it vertical. Whatever that means. <laughs>